Alright ladies and gents, welcome welcome on into the third episode of the 6 out of 10 podcast. My name is Tiny Pixels uh, and I have with me some wonderful people. That still cuts out really fast and I don't know how to fix that ever. I need to remember to fix that at some point. <sighs> Regardless, do I have, have to with me... introduce these people? Yeah. Like, do, do we have to? Do we have to? I should introduce you, I guess. I have with me, as always, the wonderful, wonderful Squall Uh And then we've got two lovely guests with us. Do you, do you want to do you want to do the honours today, Sam? Do you want to do the honours uh, today? I mean, if I, if I must. So, from the very bottom of the barrel. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, it begins. So, wonderful, it begins wonderful already. guests. Like we've podcasted uh, with one of them before. The other one's been like writing for us at Senchudo for like longer than I can remember, so he's good times as well. So let's go. Let's go to like the the own brand. Uh, let's introduce Mr. Ben Burns, who's also known as Bungie Man on Twitter because I forget the story, but it was kind of odd. Uh, introduce yourself and let us know what you do, and yeah, say hi. Hello, I'm Ben. Uh, I'm a freelance games journalist. I got my start at Senchudo. And it's very much where me, uh, my heart still lies. Yeah, well, if it must. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was well cheesy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know, and and it's it's wonderful that such a strong brand is behind you, and it's very admirable for them to get no. a strong brand um, for a strong man as well. <laughs> oh dear, strong and stable. Good. Um, yes. And our other guest for this week as well is. The wonderful again, we've known you for many, many moons. Yeah. Uh hers, mm. as you are freshly branded as. If yes. you'd like to introduce yourself, let people know what you do and say hello. Yeah, hi, I am uh, I'm Sayonara because I'm just gonna call myself that because Pip knows me as Sayonara and won't say my new name no. because she doesn't know verbs and nouns. No, it's all good. Um I used to be Sayonara, everybody calls me Sai. That's my real name. Call me Sai if you like. Uh, I'm a shooty bang PC guy. I oh, no. shoot people in the face oh, on various no. games. Is, well, is that your new rebrand? Are you going to be shooty bangs in the face? Shoot, no. Shooty bangs in the face, man. That's my new name. Oh, I like that. I think I even it, like that better than Vax. Shooty bangs in the face. Shooty bangs in the face, just man. edit the layout for us, Pip, and just... just so, uh, yeah, up the... no, I'll just... I'll go right <laughs> on that. No longer, no yeah, longer are we chatting to vacuum judge nudge, but, uh, but in fact... <laughs> But in fact, today we have Shooty Bangs in the Face Man right here with us. Thank you so New much for joining Shooty us. Shooty Bangs in the Face Man. I can't, I can't quite grasp the, uh, the basis of your uh, content. Uh, anyway, um, so if you don't know what we do here, uh, we do a weekly podcast now. We're in our third week of it now, although we are slightly... Oh, uh, veterans the wrong word, but we've been doing them for a while in various other forms, various other places. And we're just here to bring you kind of a roundup of the gaming news of the week. Plus, giving you some sort of more in-depth opinions around some more in-depth topics. Uh, so, I suppose we should really get ourselves started and yeah. actually have topic or something mad and revolutionary like that for a podcast. So, the first one does take place on Twitch as well. Uh, and it's kind of a weird one. So, we've had like Twitch plays Pokemon and Twitch plays... I think they did like... Oh, they did Dark Souls. They did... Um, I, I want to say someone tried to do Street Fighter once, but it didn't go very well. No. Uh, but now it's like Twitch plays the stock market and some mad buggers thrown 50 grand and put it in the hands of Twitch chatters to buy and sell stocks with 
and it's all like just run through chatbots, and that's mad. Yeah, so Opin- he's he's basically he's he he's saying that he's automated this entirely as well. So he's put this fifty grand in, and he can just take his hands off it at any point and just go, you know, sure. Uh, he's run a couple of simulations to make sure that this is kind of what he, you know that, that this he's not gonna lose an insane amount of money, but. I this baffles me immensely. Mm. This absolutely baffles me, and I wonder if we've taken the Twitch play genre just just that one step too far. I enjoyed the goldfish playing things. I enjoyed the good. rocks playing things. That was great, but I'm a little bit worried that this is just that that one step too far. I don't know. I think it's it's all about one-upmanship, isn't it? Really, with Twitch, <laughs> like we started off with Twitch plays Pokemon, and then we had like a goldfish playing Pokemon. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Where he like just swam to different bits of the tank. And it's now like we've a got Twitch over the bowl, right? And if you swam to like say the right, it would make them walk right, and then like A was in the top right corner and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think eventually we're going to end up with like. Twitch executes prisoners or something where it's just pe- <laughs> people voting for who they want to die or something. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's kind of like spreading into the full Black Mirror does. Yeah. It, yeah. Does. Mm. <laughs> executing prisoners. Um, uh, it's like... kind of cool, but the only question, why? why? Yeah. Why? Like... So you say this. I I watched. I was like, "Oh, Goldfish playing video games. This is ridiculous." I must have sat there and watched Goldfish play video games mm. for at least about forty or so hours. I must have done just have it on in the background. Like, I I'm not entirely sure that I understand enough to be able to see the appeal of this. But is there an appeal there? Do you think for the people who do? It's got to be very. It's got to be very niche, I'd say. Uh, but in terms of the guy who's put the money in, like, surely this must just be money to burn. Like, he surely mm. can't expect Twitch chat. I mean, come on, Twitch chat good at memes, unless there's a stock market for memes, which there could be. I don't yeah. know. Buy one thousand kappa, you know, like. Yeah, it's I'll, just... have, <laughs> I'll have ten pog champs. <laughs> this is what Twitch is for, though, isn't it? Because. You, we couldn't take this to a TV network and be like, I've got this idea, we're going to let people vote. Actually, to be fair, that would be quite a good TV show. What am I on about? No, that would be that would be a good TV it's show. Good but, now. Yeah, the point of, it's a million dollar <laughs> idea. We should have Trade market. It. <laughs> but yeah, the whole point of Twitch is, is for these like weird niche ideas to find traction. That's, that's what it's for, isn't it? Because that's the awesome thing about living in an age where anyone can put anything out that they like. Mm. I think yeah, and that's like... Oh, that Twitch has become that kind of platform where, you know, like anything goes. You had the the two, um, what are they called? The, the, is it the it Alexas is, yes. that, that that chatted yeah. back and forth to each other because some of the code. Yeah, that was really entertaining. It was that just was so great. weird. And the, uh, the so weird culture nice that, that, that this creates as well is always nice. You know, we see things like Praise Helix, and we saw the the two bots calling each other the different names. So you'd go into chat and you'd have to work out what they were calling each other. There you go. Somebody's got a praise helix emote. Uh, <laughs> like it's 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 really neat that they generate these small kind of niche, uh, almost like little bubbles of culture. And I think Twitch is really good for that. I think Twitch is mm. a really good platform for that. I just kind of wonder wh- why this. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I suppose you know, there's a there's a market for everything and whatever else, and you know, people do play the stock market on the regular, so it's kind of in that area, ish. Like, well, I, why I, not really as well? I mean, why the hell not? If the guy's got the money, and uh, yeah. and that's what that's what he yeah. like. I imagine for him, this is just some sort of social experiment, and and yeah. you know, the the thrill. Is, I don't want to say this. Too enthusiastically, but the thrill of gambling is also probably a thing. Oh, absolutely! Like there's a reason that gambling as a, a thing exists, right? <laughs> like it's because there is an addictive quality to it, and you you see it all the time. Like we were talking about last week, actually, uh, because you know it's a shame that Revlot's uh, Revlot Revlobot is going, and that very much involves that kind of gambling aspect. Admittedly, it's free points that you just get from spending time in the channel and whatever else, but you're still gambling with those points and there's almost like an addictive quality to staying in that person's channel and getting to the top of their leaderboard in points and whatever else. So maybe this just cleverly taps into that kind of mentality that there is on Twitch already just in a free format. And now it's that next step towards playing with someone else's money. And you already have like the poker streams where people are playing poker and they're playing for real money and then chat's going, oh no, you should raise or whatever, you know. Even down to CSGO crate openings. Mm-hmm. Even even mm-hmm. down to, to that kind of level. I mean, despite, you know, forgetting for a second all the drama that happened regarding yeah. all the, the CSGO case openings, I've seen people stream for 11 hours solid just opening cases that chat have bought them. How long have you streamed doing that? <laughs> no, I, I have done, I've done like a 20, 30 minute session before <laughs> and I'll open the odd one. Um, but I actually got a knife early on in CSGO and sold it and I'm in profit. So whatever, don't, Free I'm money. done, I'm done. Free money. <laughs> I'm out. But with, with this, what's interesting is I'd love to know if he's tracking per individual who Stakes a well. certain, yeah. So maybe he's, I'm not too sure what he actually is. Maybe he's a professional broker. If he is, is he actually looking at someone's decisions and going, this guy is smart. Maybe could I employ this guy somehow think, to work for me and get money? I think he's a, an engineer for a, a, a high flight tech company, but I'm not entirely ah. sure. So it's I mean, that would make sense with how it's set up. Yeah, with mm. the, the, as I say, he set up algorithms, so it's entirely off his hands. The stream goes up, the stream comes down, and it's nothing to do with him. It's all predetermined. He just, He's just watching it go now. And I think that's kind of sweet as well, that he's developed this baby and just let mm. it off into the world. That's really yeah. cool. Has this baby I'm made him any money yet, though? We're like, where's he at? Uh, it's oh, like $60 or something like that, $60, $70. I think nice. he's up at the moment. That's so, up, right? Yeah, it's it's up and it's not horrifically down, which honestly is a small surprise. But like, if you've, I, I don't know if you guys have spent any time in the chat, but like, if you w- read the chat in there, there's people going, "Well, I read about this stock in this this article, and oh, I think it's going to be a good strategic one for us." And oh, wow. Tesla are still going up, so don't sell them, and blah 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 blah. Like they're they're actually like they're they're doing that Twitch thing of like, because I think that is very much a Twitch thing of just like there's like these little sort of almost leaders within within the community yeah. who who have this knowledge or they they can go out and find that knowledge and bring it to the community and then discuss it between them and strategize and 
you know, normally that results in them delivering it to the streamer saying, oh, well, this setup's the best for that boss fight or whatever else. But in this circumstance, obviously, it's a little more involved with the stock markets and predicting how they're going to go and whatever else. But it's, it's kind of part of that unique thing that Twitch has. It's yeah. really cool. It, it was similar with Pokemon. Um, I, I've not really played Pokemon. I'm not, I'm not into it so much. Um, however, there was a guy where they got to the cliffs part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I would say in that game, if you press down on the cliffs, you go back down them. Yeah. So obviously Twitch chat being Twitch chat, everyone started spamming down when they got down, near the top. Yeah. So I literally saw a guy saying like, right, everybody what wants to actually complete this, come with me to my chat and we'll develop a strategy to stop <laughs> people from getting us down this cliff. It's and crazy. It's, it's... it's kind of mad how you get little pockets mm-hmm. like when... I want to ruin this, and then you'll get another pocket going. No, we're going to finish this. Well, it was yeah. it was the crazy. whole it was the whole reason that anarchy votes were brought in, isn't it? Yeah. Is because yeah. you had these almost these rivalries then develop through <laughs> uh, the various games. And again, I don't think it's something that you see in a comment section, and I don't think it's something mm. that that you see kind of elsewhere. I think it, it's something that is so unique to Twitch and makes um, live streaming such a great platform to put things like this forward. Um, I am just adds. Also, just a comment real quick on Twitch technology. They brought out the interactive stuff a couple of weeks back now. Yeah. Muxy have actually gone a step further and said, okay, we're going to allow you to play point and click games by clicking on the video player. And that is actually working on Twitch chat finished Day of the Tentacle. They actually did it. That's great. And also did it in a day. (laughs) They finished it in a day. I was like, what? That's cool. The delay is real bad. It's like 30 seconds to do the input. However, they're currently doing, I think, I don't know if they've done it. They're currently doing Monkey Island. It's a heat spot thing, isn't it? Like the yeah, yeah it's like a heat map. Scenario, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. like collates where the most clicks are and yeah. goes there, yeah. So for oh, point and click games, that's, that's insane. For do, point do you know what channel that was on? Muxy, it's on Mux, uh, Muxy's official channel. I think it's just oh, okay. Muxy, M-U-X-Y. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, that's that's go, go and give it a check cool. out for sure. I don't know It'd if it's still live. It'd um, be interesting to see if someone could play Hearthstone using that yeah. or like some sort of card uh, battle. You, you could. I think the timer would be a little awkward with the delay, but I'm pretty sure if they if Twitch work on the delay of the the tech, then maybe yeah. it'll become a pretty good thing. It'd so be it'd be really cool. neat to have I think Twitch chat help by ping you in games, things like yeah. that. That'd be really neat. There, um, there is a tech for that. Um, apparently, the heat map you can actually have open on another monitor. So when you get a lot of heat map pinging in a certain place, they'll show you like, obviously, a delay. Yeah, but yeah. They'll show you like, oh, you missed it. Like, say, if you're playing H1Z1 or a Battle Royale game, they could ping the screen and go like, there was, there was a best there. Mm. Yeah, or, go back know, and go, oh, so there was. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac, you missed a tinted rock. It's back in this room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can just have the, 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 the mini map up as like a full screen thing with heat. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, there's so many possibilities. So many wait. possibilities. I yeah. can't wait. And you should should get out of here with no, those ideas. No, no, that's not the one I wanted to go with. That's not <laughs> the one I wanted to go with. I wanted okay. to go with talking about cooperation. Oh, uh, well... Yes, what a cooperative experience oh, that must be why? to do the why stock market on Twitch. Why? Thankfully, there's also <laughs> another cooperative experience being made by the people that made Payday 2 called GTFO, 
which we don't know tons about at this point. There's like a little trailer that doesn't show tons, but it's pretty cool looking. Yes, and it's interesting because not only are they delving into the horror genre, um, but this is the this is the uh, the game designer, from what I understand. So this is the person who you know looked at how Payday Two was going to work and and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Um, Payday Two, for all intents and purposes, was great. Yeah, it was actually I really it. actually great. Um, uh, wait, I, I really enjoy it with four players. Yes. Yeah. So this is the thing. This is going to be a hardcore game. With AI, at the current standard of AI that we've seen from Payday 2, this is going to be horrendous. But (laughs) I have hope. I have hope. And I think this is going to be great. I think this is going to be great. I'm excited to see how this develops. I mean, if I could sum up the AI experience in Payday 2 in a single sound, it would probably be to the tune of... (laughs) Like, it was just so... Like literally, your your teammates were like double agents almost. Like they were almost working on the enemy's side. They were they were that terrible. So I mean, almost certainly. Like don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure it's going to be designed to be made. Uh, designed to be made. Yeah, that, that'd be a really good idea for a yeah. game. It'd be designed to be played as a four player co op experience with four actual humans. But they're going to have to accommodate the fact that not everyone's going to have four players all the time. So they must, they must be having at least vaguely competent AI. Like, that has to. Like, there's no two ways about it. But what what would you like to see from this? Because there's, there's a lot of games in this kind of sector at the moment. You've got, like, Deceit, uh, which was a pretty pretty nifty concept that I didn't really get a chance to play around with. Uh, too much. But there's there's a lot of similarish sort of things. I guess um, Friday the Thirteenth is kind of in that same sort of thing. Although you, you, it's less co-op and it's more you're on the same map and running about. But like you know, there's a lot of people moving into that area, and I think that's going to be like the 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 next sort of popular thing for a while. You know, we've kind of had our survival kick, kind of ending with player on those battlegrounds sort of going. Yes, by the way, this is how you do one decently or semi decently. Um, and then it seems like that it's kind of swung away from that. There's no new ones that I'm aware of in the pipeline at the moment. So what would you like to see in, in this kind of space to like really sort of make this genre, I guess, more worthwhile? I or mean, is that a weighted question? Or... <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I mean, when you look at co-op games, you kind of look at the really good ones, which I'd probably brand as Left for Dead. Yeah, Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. You look at those and you think, okay, how can you iterate on what they've done? I don't think Payday 2 was a bad game. It's pretty good. But as you say, relying mm. on four humans to be together all the time is pretty much impossible. Um, just like you say, just competent AI. Just AI what's smart and not like super strictly programmed to go and do a certain objective. Like let them learn maybe from you. And how you play. Mm. However, I also know that Drivatars existed in Forza, and I also know how players play in Forza now. Apparently, yeah. they just ram everybody off the road. So, <laughs> if they're going to do cloud-based AI, I think would be the way to go. However, mm. as with all cloud-based AI, is money, and obviously you're going to get idiots what ruin the AI experience. So, 
other than that, I mean, I'm just excited it's not a card game because that's the new trend at the minute. I think <laughs> every oh, company's releasing a card game. Yeah, GTFO is the, the premium four-player co-op solitaire experience. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, by the way, I'm not saying that. I think Gwent's pretty good. I, I like Gwent. Gwent's legit. Um, but yeah, like it. I'm just excited to see them go into horror. I think they've always had the capability, and they clearly made. A lot of people still play Payday too because it's got like five gajillion DLCs and stuff. Yep. So they support it well, and if they support this as well, I'm sure it'll do pretty good. But yeah, AI, please. <laughs> please. Like, the AI. best thing about these four-player co-op, but the, let me rephrase that: the the four-player co-op games that tend to be the best are the ones that get the emergent narrative side of things right. So what I mean by that is, if you imagine you play a game of Call of Duty Zombies or you play a game of Left 4 Dead 1 or 2 with three other mates, afterwards you end up sitting around the cooler being like, oh, wow, do you remember when that happened? And do you remember when, mm-hmm. oh, do you remember that like yeah. clutch shot that I got at the end of that round and this, that and the other? Those kind of moments are what make these kind of games awesome. And if you can, because man- those moments are manufactured as well, you know, they're not, they don't happen yeah. by accident. Like that AI director, I remember when, the first Left 4 Dead first came out, the AI director that they designed for it that was there to throw stuff at you in moments of calm and make things go calm at the exact right moment so that you don't die too easily, that was all an absolute genius work of of games programming. And if they can get that right, that's what's going to make it awesome. I think there's a lot of scope for that being a horror game as well. Definitely, Um, Obviously, we, we don't know anything about... Um, the, the sort of setting or, or what, what branch of horror we're looking at. But I think that horror has a really good scope for these moments where you catch your breath and you want yeah. to then share that with not only the people you played with, but people outside of that team afterwards. And I think that if anybody's going to do it, Payday 2 was solid. Mm. Like, Payday 2 was solid, and I think if we could move forward um, and bring a, a better single-player experience, but also a co-op experience that allows you to share these really mo- th- these moments where you really have to sort of catch your breath, uh, that, that'd be great. That'd be great. I've got real hope for this. Yeah, um, and I think uh, the one thing that they, well, for me, that they really need to get right is doing the horror aspect right. And I think that'd be very difficult to do in a four-player co-op sort of setting, but there's a lot of jump scare in horror. And by jump scare, I mean just jump scare. Oh, no, it's a big scary noise. Oh, no. Like, you know, like I, 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 I hate it. I, the reason I hate horror games, horror films in general, is because of just jump scares being leaned upon as a mechanic for it being a horror game. Rather than creating tension, yeah. creating that creeping feeling that brings up the hairs on the back of your neck. But, That's horror to me. But we've been like we've seen some really good examples of that recently. We've seen things like mm-hmm. stories untold, which makes you incredibly uncomfortable. Mm. Hell All yes, the did. way through. Did you play it after? Yeah, I but yeah. was it episode three? No, episode four, like towards Where the end of that. It all starts coming together and you have to go back through them all. Well, well, I mean, like, you know, spoiler free, but at one point it's like, 
you can feel some breath on the back of your yeah. neck. Yeah, There's yeah, someone yeah. behind you, and I'm like, I am not turning around. <laughs> yep. I am going to face forwards this entire game, yep. and we're going to get through this together. Just like Jim is there in a bathrobe behind you, like, yeah. Like genuinely, oh, like, we've seen some really good examples of that recently, and really good writing. The writing to that was was incredible, and um, I, like I think we're moving in a really good direction with things like that. And if they can pick up on the way that games are doing that right now, that that's it solved. It's, it's got gone. to be about the tension thing. Uh, um, yeah. Side note: there is this is kind of related, but this is also player influenced AI as well. So. Um, I don't know if anyone here ever played Breaking Point, but I don't think any of you three will have. It's like an Armour 3 mod. Kind of like DayZ, right? They're doing a standalone, they're kickstarting it. It's, it looks really interesting and ambitious. What they've said is, for their roleplay servers, because a lot of people use Armour for roleplay, so they've said, okay, we'll give you roleplay, but we're also going to give you a DM-style player camera. Uh -huh. So someone can log in the server as a DM and obviously hear VOIP and go, this guy's talking about finding his wife. So I'm going to go 500 meters down the road, spawn in a lady zombie, put a letter in the zombie's inventory, write the letter, save it, and then he can find his own wife in the game and go, oh, look, she left me a letter. Stuff That's like that. If, if you can make AI do that in the game... That's probably the more it, it you you relate more to it. You kind of yeah, like, oh, I can role play, and they're building the AI around my role play. That's mm -hmm. a totally next level, and apparently this is working on in game. Interesting. That's really neat. That's it's really neat. if if you can bring that to something like a co-op shooter, which is probably a little bit difficult with how it works, but I think that's probably the next step. You can only make AI do so many things. I think that be you can make it super pretty... clever, but. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't, I can't see that happening. At least not for a long time, because the problem is, is that you can't, you can't really get a computer to improvise by its very nature. Mm -hmm. So you could have a database of <clears throat> hundreds of letters and hundreds of family members, and you know what I mean, and 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 pick yeah. one at random, pick a letter about, I don't know how much I love you from the son who is yeah. in the shed or whatever, but like. You'd ne it'd never fit. I don't think it'd ever feel that organic as what you'd get with a DM. Otherwise, mm. people would stop playing D&D, &D, really. I think maybe <laughs> if they do Twitch chat integration for this to trigger jump scares, maybe, or trigger like, oh, zombie Thanks. horde, and then like a zombie horde just like appears on your screen like, oh, that, which obviously would happen every time because Twitch chat. But <laughs> it's just something what varies it up. Like, give us a bit of a right, like maybe procedure generator or, or next step along from that is making it a bot and you deal with it in whispers because that's the only yeah. thing yeah. with doing it in twitch chat yeah, I guess it's, it's usually just popular. straight in the chat and you're like oh i wonder if there's going to be a jump scare <laughs> oh it literally said there's going to be a yeah. jump scare okay. yeah. uh, but um moving on from games that do horror and tension well, look, this is actually a half decent one. You shut up. All right. All right. Horror, horror, <laughs> do, do like kind I'll of a horror and like tension quite well. Um, there's a very interesting thing from Prey that someone's managed to sort of pick out of the code uh, of and some of the files in in Prey that there was another weapon that was intended to be in the game, and it's probably better if you explain through this. You, you explained it to me fantastically last night, Ben. But like, it's like a sentient gun. Yeah, basically, so <clears throat> anyone who's played 
Prey, and if you haven't played it, you should, because it's awesome. Anyone who's played Prey will notice that there's all these completely pointless disc-like things lying around everywhere. Well, they were originally intended to be the ammunition for a disc rifle, and this disc rifle had a built-in AI, and when you picked it up, it would say stuff like reloading, firing, target acquired. But over time, it would start to become sentient, and it would start asking you questions about whether or not it, what it was doing was murder, whether or not it was faulty because it didn't like the things that it was doing, and eventually it would just start refusing to shoot at all um, because, because it didn't want to kill people. And they cut this gun from the game. It was going to have a whole quest line based around it where you'd discover that the, the AI inside the gun was the guy who built the gun, and you could extract his mind from it and put it into another robot so they could be a buddy. But yeah, they cut all this out. So the real question is, why did they cut this out? Because that's right? amazing. That's right? awesome. That would have been awesome. What were they thinking? Were they just maybe they just thought people might not get, get it, it, or people? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess but it's kind of frustrating. You're wrong, Bethesda. I guess it's kind of frustrating to have a weapon that doesn't work. But in the same breath, so um, <laughs> yeah. so uh, taking taking it back a step, when before this was released, I got to go out to London and play it, and I spent the majority of my time playing it walking around after one of the great big tall dudes right because i heard uh, it phantoms yeah there you go because i heard it say what did it say um i used to I, I used to wish we weren't alone in the universe and that triggered off something in my brain and i'm like whoa, 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 whoa. what why why are you taking that back why would you why would you take that back? So I crept around this one little tiny weeny section of level for about half an hour going, say it again. Say something <laughs> else. Say something else. To try and get like a, a, a little bit more story out of it. And I think actually that Talos One is a really great setting for stuff like that. I think it's yeah. a really great setting. And a lot of the um I haven't managed to to play it unfortunately past um the first hour or so that I played. But um, the storytelling through a lot of the uh, emails that you receive, the storytelling with some of the things that are left about, uh, the way that you, your upgrade system works and the consequences for using or not using said upgrade system had huge potential there. Mm -hmm. Massive. And that sort of AI would have fit in really well. Absolutely plays into mm. it. Absolutely. And it does. It makes me really sad that they didn't. Because I think if you manage to find it, uh, if you manage to find it in the game and you, you bring it in, um, it's all untextured. It doesn't quite work past the sort of first section. So it was clearly canned quite early in, in kind of the the implementation. But I don't know. I would have liked to see more stuff like that. And I think we can challenge players now with these more, um, not serious, but sort of more challenging narratives. These narratives mm. that make you think and make you question, I really think there's room for that now in these big popular games made by Bethesda and made by, you know, whoever. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say they've got, like, a duty to deliver that, but they're in a position where they have the ability to do so mm -hmm. and they have the ability to, I wouldn't say press agendas, but, like, talk about at least those subjects that are part of many agendas. And just they've got so many tools at their disposal to do it that it just kind of baffles me that they they almost seem reticent to to, to do so. 
And like, if they don't release it as a DLC, especially now it's been found and talked about and whatever else, like, you, no, like, please, no. why, why wouldn't you? It, the thing is, again, we, they don't owe us anything as gamers, and I think it's always important to remember that that if they felt it didn't work, then we have to take that on on we have to take it on their judgment. But I think it's really promising that they're thinking about implementing these mm. things. And okay, yeah, somebody in chat's like, okay, well, maybe the buddy system wouldn't have worked with how the, the later stages of the game works. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fair enough. That's a fair enough reason to can it, honestly. If it doesn't fit with the later narrative, that's fine. And di- difficulty curves and stuff yep. like that as yep. well. But I think it's super interesting that we are starting to put these things in that challenge players and they get them to think. Um, there was a really sad story going around um, about FromSoft not long ago um, where somebody was like, do you know, actually, uh, you know, Dark Souls 2 feels really hollow. And somebody broke it down and went, actually, if you look and if you listen and if you look at the bits and pieces that they cut out or they, you know, whatever, actually, there's a lot here. You just have to think about it. And the fact that these big games companies are now looking for their players to be more switched on. I couldn't be more excited for where that's going to go. And and I'd, I'd tell you another perfect example was I was watching you play The Witcher yesterday, the day before, oh, where, where it's like the the, the, the the like obviously we'll uh, I, I'd imagine most people who are going to play The Witcher have probably played it by now, but let's try and avoid spoilers. Yeah, and whatever, yeah, but like yeah. there was like moral choices with moral impl- implications that kind of either side of the coin that it fell on there, there were going to be some kind of negative connotations to whatever happened and your your actions you know defined which direction it went into and it was like saving the many for saving the few uh, saving the few or saving the individual and like i wish it was that re- simple <laughs> we sat there for a good it must have been a good hour doing uh, a particular set of quest line yesterday and we sat there and I racked my brains endlessly about what was I doing and was it right, was it wrong, which which evil was I being because the was I, I just I couldn't quite pin it because I didn't have enough information as a player, but I was aware that there was something that was wrong on, as you say, both sides of the coin. And uh the first time that I played through that quest, um I don't actually remember anything about it. I just skipped through through it. Yep, yeah, do the thing, stab the thing, all done fine. This time I sat and I listened, and I cannot believe the, uh, the, the level of detail that they have put into their uh, narrative weaving uh, for that game. That game is absolutely phenomenal now that I am listening. And again, I, with the cyberpunk setting that we're having for that coming up, um, I've had to learn a lot about cyberpunk over the last sort of week or so in preparation <laughs> for a roleplay game. And I cannot, I I cannot begin to imagine what quandaries await us. It's it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm so so excited. I so so I'm I'm absolutely uh, thrilled that we're being challenged as players mm. on a sort of mental level, and that's great. That's really great. Uh, and to touch on what uh, Antan just said in chat as well, I think that's probably right. Like originally, when things were a lot more basic, and we had less shiny toys and gizmos to play with to make our games with there was a lot more focus on the the real sort of narrative devices that were used in order to put yourself into those situations and to to devise through them whatever else and it it seems like it's kind of come back around to that like now that we've finished 
you know, perhaps playing around with some of the, the shiny stuff and seeing how nice we can make people's hair look and whatever else, it's more of, we're starting to really focus on on the core experience of of following that storyline again, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Like I, I think it's great that we're actually revisiting and really focusing on what to me re- like really, really, truly matters. I think it's with how the engines are being built as well nowadays. Like especially from what I've heard, Unreal Four is as good as you want to make it, kind of thing. Like a lot of developers are saying, how wide and varied their tool sets are getting now, with especially with mm. Unreal, where they can literally do kind of whatever they want now. Whereas, I mean, somebody was talking about it the other day, like Daisy. The reason why their updates are so slow and so frustrating is because the engine's restricting what they can do so they've got to yeah. rebuild that engine as they go whereas stuff like unreal 4 and what's the other engines out nowadays cry cry engine yeah stuff like that um they're really easy to well obviously not easy you still know how to code but still <laughs> I was gonna say i know a few devs that might yeah it's a lot it's, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot more like user-friendly on the coders and where if they want to do something they've probably got a tool set to go do that rather than or like, at least the oh, well if you want to do yeah. that go build your own tool set and but, to add to that as well Sai, there is a humongous marketplace for unreal engine where say for example if you just need um some new models or if you need an engine that lets you teleport from one place to another in vr or some literally anything you can think of someone's already made it and put it on the marketplace so it's almost Mm. like finger painting at this point if you if you understand how the code works you can just well i'll have that and i'll have that and i'll have that and i'll put it all in my game and there you go bam in a week i've got a a pretty competent looking modern pc game unity Mm. is pretty similar now now they've updated as well unity is very uh very customizable so yeah i think it's more down to engines as well as as well as scope I guess, and, and obviously funds. That's probably another big issue, I'm going to assume. Yeah. But yeah, like, it, I'm just excited the fact that games are not, well, I'm going to say this with bated breath, games are not really getting any less complex. Mm, I'm splitting well, as I say that because some are, some aren't. Depends yeah, I mean, it's a very, very thing. Complexity is, doesn't it, really? I mean, does it come from mobile to Steam? I mean, yeah. if you're talking about like narrative complexity, you'd have to, you've got stuff like Baldur's Gate 2 that like and and de- the original Deus Ex, which I'd argue have never really been matched. But uh, if if we're talking about le- level design complexity, then obviously anything coming out today pisses all over. Those right, games. but I'm not I'm not convinced that that technical complexity is what should sell games now, because as no. I says, it's so easy now. To have the right tool set in place and to get, you know, whatever. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, Matt was saying in chat that film has suffered from the same thing. Where I, I mean, I used to play MUDs, right? Which were entirely text-based. And so there was, there was nothing but the quality of the writing to drive you forward. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know what happened, but we just didn't see it anymore. Um, and I'm, I'm being told by chat, I'm not a big film watcher, um, but I'm being told by chat that film went kind of in a, in a similar direction where we had things like The Matrix and then we didn't. Um, yeah. So it's so Again, nice special to effects see... and stuff, I guess, in the same sort of vein. They, Ooh, okay, different ways of making those. 
Yeah. Right? But like different um, ways of advancing that kind of stuff and you know, making the coolest looking robot and yeah. the most realistic looking fire and whatever else has kind of taken a bit of precedence. But now that we've got that and we do, we've got some absolutely stunning looking games at the moment. As I say, I've been playing The Witcher on, on Ultra without the uh, hair effects and I'm just constantly it's, walking around going, Ooh It's um, such a prayer game. But now that we've got that we need to do something else and i think bringing mm. back this narrative complexity and bringing back not challenging players by difficulty but challenge challenging them and getting them to play a character as they would play putting them in those situations and convincing them that they have to make this decision is getting better and better and better the writing's mm-hmm. getting better we were saying about stories untold the tension building is getting better um, and it, it, this this is potentially the start of something real good. And as I say, I'm super, super sad that we don't have crazy AI gun. Because as frustrating as it would be to pull a trigger when something jumps at your face and not be able to <laughs> shoot it. If it gave me a good It'd enough reason, great. I might forgive it. <laughs> I think if you put that gun in any other game as well, people would rave about that. Like, I know, obviously, the setting maybe didn't suit it in the end. I've not played Prey. I'm going to eventually, but that maybe in, like, a Half-Life 2, that could have maybe worked it, a little bit. It it depends entirely on what they were planning to do with it afterwards, I feel. But it's it's that thing yeah. of, it's that thing of, it didn't work there. That's fine. But can we keep that tone of writing, please? Please. Mm. Let's let's challenge people to think about what they're doing. Even things like um, Spec Ops: The Line. Oh yes, oh, yes, what an example. Yes, Spec Ops: The Line just fried my brain. I had to sit back and take a break from Spec Ops: The Line. At, at, at I know that, exactly at, what part you're talking about as well. <laughs> I had to sit back and take a break and go. Do you know what? I I cannot right now. Um, if we can if we can continue on this level of narrative writing and things and if we can make it fit into these settings that that would be great. That yeah. that would be 10 out of 10 really really great cuz just yeah. So going from like wishing we could travel back in time <laughs> to a time when narratives are really good. Oh, so we're no, going to so actually travel back in time no, in a bit a kind I... of way. Shut up. <laughs> Fair enough. I we quit. talked about Life is Strange, I think, last week or the week before, but uh, there's actually been some leaks around the Life is Strange sequel question mark in same prequel. universe type thing. Prequel. Hmm? Prequel, sorry. Yes. We've uh, potentially got a prequel on our hands. Because you know, we were talking about how we'd like, we would have liked Life is Strange to explain why Life is Strange. Yeah. Well, and now apparently we might possibly, hopefully, know. Maybe, maybe. It's... I'm just going to go out there, put this out there and say, I've only played episode one of Life is Strange. I know that's bad. I fully intend to finish it. Or I did when I started playing it two years right. ago. Ben, Ben, <laughs> I've known you for a number of years, right? So I'm just going to break it down for you, right? <laughs> there are two teenage girls that were not very much at one point in it. So I, I imagine you'll have it finished by the end of the weekend. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Do you just call me a pedo on a live stream? No, I mean you'll be fine. Um, so anyway, so 
I, I really do hope, like, from from what's discussed, the um, or what's discussed, what's shown in the the screenshots and whatever else, that th- th- there's a lot more delving into the individual characters. There's a lot more sort of background. I uh, say, I just hope there's some vague explanation, as vague as you like. I don't mind about how this power just lands in in max's lap because again it just it it made no sense just for it to turn up and just be like oh okay i've got this cool and it that kind of irked me um you know i think with the kind of vibe in that game as well like there's a lot to be explained around the the sort of corruption that was going on in the town as a whole which is something that could be Mm-hmm. delved into and like the past of some of the shady characters that dealt in that um you know there's there's a lot of experience to to be had i feel in in even just in arcadia bay on its own let alone um anywhere else plus if you haven't played the original one it's on ps plus for june so yeah. play it ps plus is so worth it like 100 oh. percent, so worth it i'm really pleased that i made the dive and i got it um, but yeah, no, um, it, it's going to be good, I think, to have that. It, it's It's got so much left in it, that world, mm. that we don't know. So and uh, it, it's from Don't Nod. Don't Nod are good at what they do, apart from Remember Me, which is kind of poo, from what I heard. I, I, uh, I think they're around to find it. It's kind of poo. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. The, that's pretty much... Of everyone about our game is... You <laughs> could say it was six out of ten. Yeah, yeah that's literally uh, what I would give it. <laughs> oh, God. The combat was yeah, dull, but the setting was pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah, it, it was okay. Much like, like it, in Life is Strange, the combat's very dull. <laughs> <laughs> don't even remember any of it. Look, I, I, look I, I saw one guy injure himself on a skateboard. That counts, right? That's, that's <laughs> combat. <laughs> combat with the pavement. Yeah, well, pretty no. He he got hit in the in the uh, manly parts with the right. the groinal areas. Critical hit. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I want to play more of this. I think, uh, and again, this is basically what we said at the time. But life is strange. It is a, a, a telltale game, but done good. And D- done all I, uh, done all right. Well. Uh, yeah, at least in Life is Strange, the, the, the choices have ramifications. They they actually make mm. a difference to a degree. There's, there's always going to be a beginning and an end of that game, and it, it's, it's always going to end up in some kind of resolution. Uh, admittedly, you know, the branches for the resolution are quite limited right. uh, for, for Life is Strange, but a lot of the stuff in between does have a level of choice making a difference uh you know there's a key character that you won't see at the end of the game because of choices that you can and may have made and that's some and and whilst there is some of that in the telltale games it almost it's just they're not in the frame during a cutscene. like their their dialogue later in the game has no real input in a telltale game it's just hi i'm here too and that's about it uh, whereas in Life is Strange, it's actually kind of, you know, they have input. They they keep in contact with you, which is more worthwhile with my books. Hmm. I think that's also down to quality of writing as well. True. 
I think some Telltale games are a little bit hit and miss with the writing. Um, I still think the best Telltale game ever made was Wolf Among Us. Yes, by far. By far. Like, that is a give me a second series of that, and I will throw my wallet under my face. Because it's not got a big big brand name behind it no, like it's... game of thrones or you know mm. minecraft or whatever it's uh, it's yeah. never going to happen is it or that, that's not kind of soon. the thing with the wolf among us is you could take that in any direction you kind of wanted to because it's well, more of a fantasy there's, there's, setting but walking dead is like already. walking dead it's you the most original like you dead. say that walking dead has how many episodes now um <laughs> what's what's wolf among us actually called i forget is it just fables it's... Yeah, yeah, something like that. The comics, yeah. There's so much fables out there, so so much of it that, like, you know, again, you could pick and choose any part of it. The Walking Dead is very similar in that you could pick and choose any part of that world. It's just sad that they followed that one part around for a a very long time. Well, they need to branch it out. Seasons. Yeah. Well, I think I think when it comes to Telltale, is I just think they're doing too many of those to put. I was going to say quality into one. That's probably maybe a little harsh because they're oh, they're okay as what they are. You know, when you buy a Telltale game, you kind of know what game it's going to be nowadays. Mm. They're all very similar, just different settings. Though, and though the oh. Sam and Max ones were really the Sam good. and Max ones were great, mm. but that's yeah. But they were a Sam they and Max game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because Telltale made them, it doesn't make it any less Sam of Max, just it's a Sam I'm and Max game. I'm with you on Sam and Max. They were brilliant. However, since Sam and Max, they've gone. How many brands can we yeah. get, and yeah, we'll yeah. do them all at once, and then the quality is going to go to God. The crap. Batman game was oh. absolutely <laughs> shite. Oh. Like oh. any of you guys remember one of their really early series that they did called Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive yes! People? Yes. Oh my God, that was so. Strong good. Bad was great. <laughs> yeah. Strong Bad was actually actually great. Yes. I mean, they're, they're making a lot of money, so I can't really blame them for taking on a lot of stuff. I mean, with how gaming is, you never know when your company is going to go see you later. Mm. But I can't really blame them for that, but I wish they'd just say, like, okay, we're going to work longer on this project because we think this has got a good setting and we can branch it out in multiple ways rather than pretty much just churn. They're, they're like a machine nowadays. They just churn out whatever projects they've got on... I'd like to see them create their own universe, to be honest. Yeah, like, great, yeah, we've seen yeah. that they can repeatedly, competently adapt other people's. Let's see what they've got now. Because surely, yeah. with all their knowledge of how to take a narrative and and like and squeeze it into all these choices and, and do what they do with their engine to make their games, surely they could do even better if they had control over the characters and the narrative. Yeah. yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure they've got someone like breathing down the back of the neck going, you can't make him do this because this is not like Batman or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure they've got how many licenses yeah. they've got. Which <laughs> makes sense, like you can't have Batman decapitate someone because it's Batman. Although, yeah. that would be pretty cool. Just seeing a Batarang just decapitate, oh man, yeah. so good. So Yeah, like yeah. Wolf Among Us had a bit more... It had a bit more of a graphic nature to it, which I thought for Telltale was pretty It had good. the option. Like, yeah, it was like, do you want to rip this guy's face off? And I was like, duh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, the, 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 my answer to pretty much everything in that game was punch him in the face, I think. Yeah, like, that was me. I was like, what? I can? how many yeah. ways can I kill this guy? Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, going from... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't go even on. said it yet. Go on. 
<clears throat> I kind of, I, I have one for this, but I'm going to let you take it because this, because mine was terrible. Oh, oh, mine's going to be good. Okay, right. Well, that's that's uh, the mine first was, five. Mine was so about far. taking two, so like. Oh, so so was mine. So so oh. let, let let me roll mine and see if yours is any better. So going from a series that, that takes two characters and are going back to revisit them once again, take two have acquired the Kerbal Space Program, oh, which we were, is we were close. interesting move. We were oh, we were close. Synergy. It was it um, was you know take, taking two to make decisions. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah, into, yeah. Into take I'll give you that one. I'll give you that okay. one. Okay. Only because you thought of a similar thing. If it wasn't for the fact that it occurred to you too, it would have been, oh, God, not again. No, no, get probably. Anyway, but, uh, anyway, Kerbal Space Program. Are, do we have any Kerbal Space Program fans in the house other than me, even though I'm rubbish? I played it and it was hard. Yeah, I, I played it <laughs> oh, and I was no. like, this is cool. But I love watching people play it. Yeah, I was going like, to say, I'm Myra. <laughs> I love watching people play it and making really bad stuff and watching it just go really bad. I don't know whether that's me being sadistic, but I just love watching people put an hour into a rocket and thinking, like, could I do this? Are the physics going to break? And then just watching it just go, woohoo, later. Yeah. Like, it's great. It's just the best thing ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Sorry, like, go on. No, no, no. You're fine. I'm super glad. <laughs> They got picked up because one, it was an early access game. What actually got finished? Like, what? That's that's a thing, right? But two, that'd be one of about four that ever have. Yeah, probably about that. But that game, I, having not put much time into it, but I can tell with how avid their fan base is, who actually do play it, I can tell that those devs deserve to at least be picked up for that alone. And to see mm. them get picked up by Take Two, or I would say that's a weird move. But they've got good pedigree of pushing games and saying we're slapping our name on this, and it's going to be quality. Which is, I'd say, for the most part, Take Two are pretty good at that. Mm. It's interesting what you've just said, Sai, because yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the core of the original Kerbal team are no longer the Kerbal team. They oh. got picked up by basically there was. Uh, there was a, a lot of issues at the developers' squad, um, a Mexico City-based, I believe, squad, and uh, there was a lot of issues, a lot of complaints about working conditions, and the core guys who started off the whole Kerbal thing, they got snapped up by Valve, and they're now working oh. on some secret project at Valve, which is awesome, right? All the power of Valve, all the freedom that Gabe's going to give them, uh, and they get to make something, but I know that the team at squad who are now working on Kerbal are not the guys who, or at least the majority of the guys who originally started it are no longer there. And there was a huge shitstorm for them when it was revealed that those guys had left to join Valve and they had to put out loads of press releases saying, don't worry, we're still working on it, blah, blah, blah. So it's mm. good for that reason that Take-Two have picked them up because it seemed like things were going a little bit awry for them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it, it was interesting because not only did they have to put out the statements that said, hey, we're still working on it, blah, 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 because obviously they've got um, they've got a very big modding community who rely on uh, updates coming slower than Kerbal Space uh, Squad like to give them. Um, but they also had to put out a lot of things to say, hey, no, we are remembering to pay people. Hey, no, we don't lock people in the <laughs> office. And it was all a, a little bit suspect. Yeah, if you've got mm. to say that on your Twitter feed, then chances <laughs> are you're not paying people and you're locking people in your office. Yeah. It's a little bit team Bondy, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was a, it was a, a yeah. little bit, it was a little bit odd. Um, 
But I'm a big fan of, of what the game does. It could use an easier learning curve. Yeah, I, I played around with it for like 10 minutes and I just went, nah. <laughs> just <laughs> closed it and that was it. Um, but it's it's nice to see that it's going to get, you know, a, a little bit more put behind it. Because it was a great idea. It's, you know, it, it's a decent game and it has this incredible following, as I say, in a, a really great mm. um, modding community and things like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm... I'm glad for them, um, but I'm also interested, as you say, to see where the guys at Valve are going. To see Caitlin's Spice program. I might see them screen. make Half-Life 3, where it's just tiny green Gordon Freeman's building <laughs> spaceships. That would be, that would just be, I'd never buy another game after that. It could be all about John Freeman, who is Gordon Freeman's brother, who was one day in an office typing on a computer. He wrote an email to his <laughs> brother that said that, I'm going to stop. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it should yeah. be it it should it's great that it's been picked up. It is a great indie game, blah blah blah. But as you say, the focus now should be on where did the original squad guys go into uh, Valve? What on earth are they working on, and uh, how soon can we have it in our eyeballs, please? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I just please 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 make easier, mm-hmm. and that's and and I'll give it another try maybe. But uh, so, well, from from people that went to work for Valve to people that be able to get their content up via Valve onto Steam a lot more easily, question mark, in the Mm. future. Mm. Uh, And I'm so divided over this. I'm super divided about this. But basically, what is currently Steam Greenlight, which if you don't know quite how that works, uh, you as a developer go, is 100 quid, uh, well, $100 rather, and that puts your game onto Greenlight. If your game gets voted up on Greenlight, then it gets sold on Steam or you know, free to, uh, available via right. Steam. Anyway. Important distinction before you carry on. £100 marks you as a Greenlight developer. You can then put as many games as you like up. Yes, sorry, yes. Yeah, a one-off payment, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, really important distinction. Yeah, So, and that's, and that's your, your, your process. And it's based on yeah voting from from Steam community users to as to how popular your game gets, and then they get the nod from Steam based on those upvotes. They're changing something called Steam Direct in the future at some point that's not been pinned down yet, which is a hundred dollars per game, mm-hmm. and it's a case of that's it. Like you you pay your hundred dollars, your game goes on Steam. And obviously, it's going to be some level of like, oh, let's make sure this isn't wanna cry or something like that repackaged. But like, um, the that payment is for each game that you put up, and that payment is not necessarily gone forever. So if you make that money back in game revenue, then it, it counterbalances yeah. against that hundred dollars that you paid. Yeah, so you can recoup it, essentially. Yeah. So, what do we think about that? Because my fear, my my enormous fear is quality control is just going to go even further off a deep end than it already has. It's awful, Squall. It's absolutely abysmal. (laughs) And And I'll tell you why I feel so strongly about this. There is currently a really big industry in 
crap knockoff games. And I know, obviously, everyone knows that, yeah, crap games exist, right? But what I'm getting at is, you know those kind of guys who make, like, cheap knockoff Guardians of the Galaxy action figures in a Chinese factory somewhere? There is yeah. that equivalent of PC games. So there's guys who will basically pay the $100 to get on Steam Greenlight, make a game a day, smash them all up there one after the other. Maybe they've got, like, 200, 300, 500 games that they're smashing onto Steam Greenlight over over the course of several years, and a few of them will slip through the cracks, and then they'll sell them for five dollars or ten dollars a pop, and basically they've constantly got this massive amount of really poor low quality games that are just generating them money, and it's like a, a crap game farm basically, yeah. and by making it so that it's just a hundred dollars a go just to get a game up there, that's going to make that's going to streamline that process for those people, and mm. I mean all right fair enough everyone's got to put bread on the table right. But for, for we're losing as a result of that, really. So, we, so you're expecting to see like GTA Vars City up on <laughs> up on Steam? <laughs> well, and yeah. I don't know if necessarily I'll see any fights. like copyright breaking stuff, but you're going to just get um, hundreds and hundreds of low quality, low effort games that have no real content or replayability. And I mean, it's going to be great for guys who, who who make YouTube content where they take the piss out of terrible games, but. Aside from the comedy factor, I just I yeah. don't think it's going to make the market any better. But then I suppose the other side of that coin is who am I to say what anyone should and shouldn't be allowed to publish? I mean, mm. you know, the, this is the only industry where we get all up in arms about that. If I'm a terrible singer and guitarist and I want to put some music videos that I've made on YouTube, no one's going to make out like I shouldn't be allowed to do that on moral grounds, are they? So that's... Me and you, Pip, today, I swear. So, yeah, on? no, we're, we're really. I think it's the lack of sleep on my. Just made you grouchy, basically, <laughs> turned you into me. I yeah. mean, that's a worrisome trend. I think so. I mean, <laughs> it's really good points. I think mobile's a really good market to look at. Um, and hey, guess what? I'm looking at you, Game Loft, when I'm going to say this. There was a game what came out called Threes, absolutely brilliant little puzzle game made by an indie developer. They made a crap ton of money. Game Loft, I think it was Game Loft, if not, it was a similar style company, released a game with the same mechanics. It was like a number puzzle game where you had blue and red squares spawning. You would then swipe up and down, it moved the grid. It combined the numbers to make a three, a six, a twelve, and obviously it used to double, double, double. Oh, it was like 2048, was that the game, yeah? Yeah, and a company released a game called 2048 with the same mechanics. However, guess what they did? They avoided copyright because their game went up in fours and not threes. <laughs> that is the shittiest thing you could ever do as a company. Yeah. If any of that comes to Steam... They need to combat that because Android market is not combating that. Maybe because it's no. overpopulated and they can't control it, kind of like YouTube, where they've got too much content and they can't control it now, so they've got a big problem. They need to stop that, and I don't think a $100 entry fee is going to stop any form of crap coming to Steam because in terms of game development, $100 is not... Well, well, I mean, for an like, indie developer, it probably is a lot of money if they're a solo dev working from home, kind of out of their garage bedroom kind of thing. It's not really much but, more than the price of a brand new AAA game, though, ethics. is it, really? It's no. more about ethics, I think. And, and the thing is, as well, they like, get to recoup some of that. And, yeah. you know, like, 
I think nearly any game that goes onto Steam, some fucker's going to buy it. You've got the, your completionists that want to just build up their libraries because they just want more library trading space. Cards. Trading People cards. People want just yeah. endless trading cards. The trading card market is huge. Absolutely you know, huge. Put them up there for a dollar a pop and include enough trading cards to make it worth about a dollar in trading cards if you were to sell those trading cards and then people will buy it just because it's a free game effectively in their eyes and you, you know they can recoup a chunk of that money back bad rats not costing much bad rats is a pretty good example of like oh, yeah that's an, like that is probably i'd say the most famous bad game on steam yeah. And I bet they have made so much money through yeah. people joke gifting that game. Well, I got joke gifted it. And they made the... another one, so they bust up. What was the one? Um, Guys of the Wolf. Guys yes. of oh, the Wolf. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, God. Helps yeah, yeah. to have a map. Guys of the Wolf was legendarily. It was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. People still got it because they wanted to see how horrendous it was. Yeah. The other thing to bear in mind with this whole thing is that their um, their quality control sort of is practically non-existent as it is. So we've seen some really bad um, uh, sort of uh, displays of homophobia, of transphobia, mm -hmm. of racism that slip through the system and then Steam kind of, what, a month, two months down the line, go. Oh yeah, no, that was a bad game. We'll take it. Oh yeah. Mm. What was that? It's what was that game that was like super hateful? It was hate like hate. white supremacist simulator. Oh, but it wasn't really. <laughs> it was. Wasn't hatred. Yeah. Hatred, yeah, hatred, hatred was like it was. It was more the point of not the actual violence. It was more. It was aimless. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. was the most shocking value. But I played that game. It did not offend me. I just thought it was a pretty just badly a made isometric yeah, shooter. Like, but all it, the marketing it was, was unremarkable. Built to make you, the the marketing was built to make you like that angry that. about it. Can, yeah. Can you remember the Rockstar game? Was it State of Emergency? Yeah. Well, it was kind mm -hmm. of the same thing, but people went, "Well, this is Rockstar. This is kind of what they do. They wobble this line of controversy." Yeah. These guys kind of went a little bit further than that, but I played it and I was like, I'm not shocked. I'm just thinking it's pretty bad, so maybe they overhyped it because they knew it was kind of meh in the middle of the road. Well, the controversy I, uh, with Hatred was because the developers were being accused of being anti-Semitic and, and sort of Nazi white power and all that kind of thing. I know that that, that was the biggest issue. The mm, people would, were yeah. threatening to boycott it because of what some of the devs had allegedly said in certain Reddit threads and stuff like that. Yeah. Not the actual content of the game as much, although, you know, aimless violence, I suppose, there's going to be some people who don't like that, but come on, it's True. like, 2000, what was it, 2014, 2015? Mm. We'd already seen Postal by that point, so you can't really top, yeah. like, setting someone right. on fire and then uh, pissing I, them. I think with, with, like, Postal, it's always had that edge of tongue-in-cheek, though, and I think Hatred kind of dropped that and just went, oh, we're just going to go full... Yeah, dark mode. I mean, uh, same like with GTA. So, no, I, I think even GTA though has like a kind, kind of tongue-in-cheek humour to it in places. I, I don't think people, well, other than last your name's Jack Thompson, take it really seriously. Mm. Mm. But I, 
it didn't really offend me in a way. It was just more like, say, it was kind of a bad game. Like, yeah, that's probably the only offensive thing to me. It was just bad. I'm offended this is on my screen. How dare you? Yes, get this off my account. <laughs> <laughs> so are we kind of in agreement with that then? That just like it's going to become Google Play yeah. again? Oh, to quickly point out as well, Total Biscuit went to Valve and actually sat down and talked with them about all this with the control and stuff. He says the user reviews and the um, oh, curators, mm-hmm. apparently they're going to have a bigger influence on... That is kind of, to me, at least saying Valve saying, we can't control it, so you guys are going to have to see it. We're out. Goodbye. I mean, uh, Which is, the I mean, thing with gaming is it's... it's it's marketing isn't it like and that's just baking in the marketing side of it into the platform itself in the form of like curators it's just an extension of you know for the most part existing content creators elsewhere that either do you know a new site or a youtube or a twitch or a mixer uh or or whatever else um like it's 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 just an extension of that so they're already names and voices that you trust to some degree that you're looking to for opinions around these things. And the problem with it at the moment is that's not really first and foremost, like presented to you as the option, like straight up it, you know, if you could link in say your, your Twitter, right. And then I follow destructoid on Twitter, for example, and then destructoid have their, curator thing on there and because i've linked my twitter and destructoid have linked their twitter it goes by the way destructoid have a curator account that will tell you what games are good would you like to follow them yes and then that starts coming up higher on the page for recommendations of games not just whatever shite steam are trying to push onto you and the various crap algorithms that they use to say i was it i played euro truck simulator and they tried to tell me that I should be playing some like puppy dress up game or something <laughs> mad like that. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not the, really the same, are they? Because no. one guy has those two games in combination on his Steam account. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I also should have those two games in combination on my Steam account. Uh, so if they push that further and higher up the list, that could counteract some of it. But apparently they are they are going to change the store around a little bit more and algorithms from what total biscuit said they said they want to tailor it more to you rather than more to right. you and your friends which is kind of what it does now it's like your friend played like barbie adventure world 3 for three hours maybe you should play no like that's yeah. not how my tastes work unfortunately as <laughs> yeah. awesome as barbie games may be for some people they're not for me but yeah like I've that's got always been the of... problem Seems I've got a lot of friends that have like really niche waifu drawn crudely <laughs> on a piece of paper adventures on their account. And like, hey, Pip. So, you can, so, you can stop sweating, Pip. I know they're only for research. No, it's, but, uh, it's the fact that I've got all the games that are banned on Twitch, pretty much. I have most of them. Uh, like, aside from the really fucking awful ones, like, um, Right, <laughs> I, I have them from from Nekapara kind of on. Uh, every time I I put one of the like honey cam or whatever, whenever I turn one of those on to play it for a little bit, I instantly get six Steam messages being like, "Why, why are you ruining my algorithm? Stop it!" 
I'm going to have this shit recommended now. What is wrong with you? And I'm just like, I just want to play a nice match three and see some bums. Like, it's all right. <laughs> you like... don't even see bums in that. Someone bought me that game as like a joke. It was a bloody stew. Bought me Unicap's Cam Studio or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a really uh, good uh, one. like a joke. You don't even see a bum in that game. It's just like a, a really tiny portrait of them. And it's like, oh, Letitia is also into fisting. And that's it. <laughs> Yep. And, and that's literally it. And then she should be marketable to people who enjoy fisting. And it's just like, uh, okay. But like, <laughs> anyway, moving on from fisting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as, as How are you going to segue out of that one, Squall? Can. <laughs> well, um, I don't know, but the, the PS3 has now been well and truly shafted. Hey! Oh! I fight! Yeah! Yeah! I'll, yep, I'm giving you that one for for next week now, because I won't be here. But like, you get permission to do all segways for next week. <laughs> I'm sad. Are you proud because... of me though? So proud! Like I am overflowing with pride. I'm so so proud. But like, <laughs> oh. I'm really sad about this because the PS3 had a very short lifespan and one in of the in the grand libraries. Well, eventually. That's the problem, though. Yes. Very, very yeah. eventually. PS3 has some of my favourite games. Um, it's fantastic for JRPGs, which I love. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, they came out about 10 minutes before the PS4 did. Like They, they, they were like really late in the game. And, uh, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um, but like they just really, really took their time coming out, and there wasn't the best support. And the PS3 is just such a a crap system like honestly it's really crap. well it's it wasn't slow. to begin with because you could run like an os on it and you could do a bunch of stuff with it and it was great and but they were expensive there wasn't a library there so i can yeah yeah i can see it but eventually it did it had one of the best libraries especially one of the best sort of um japanese to western yeah libraries that we've seen for a long long while yeah, and but like it's just a shame that like the the UI was pretty confusing. It was very slow as a system in general. Uh, it, the heat that came off of that thing, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've earned tans from holidays in longer periods of time. Like it's just ridiculous. And the thing is, the PS2, um, that was being sold almost up until the release of the PS4. Because there were still markets for that console out there. And there were still games coming out for the PS2 well into the PS3's lifespan. But that just hasn't happened with the PS4. And I understand that, you know, Xbox 360 won that gen generation. If there is such a thing as winning or losing a gen. Like, the Xbox 360 was a significantly more popular console. It was significantly better supported. Uh... It had for that generation the better exclusives and support. That's and... a contentious issue, Squall. Well, <laughs> oh, uh, to to start, which is really when it matters. Yeah, yeah like, fair enough. The launch of your console when you're building hype around it as a platform, that's when that that support really matters. When you can say, first party, we have got Halo, we have got Gears of War, we've got all of the big names that you know and love coming to our console within 10 minutes of the console coming out isn't that amazing all seeing all dance ps3 was like um we've got 
battle chess. You know, it was just like <laughs> really, really weak off. I don't think it was, it was that. It it was night round four. Eventually, Persona Five that got me, and every single yeah. time any brought anybody brought up any any Sony console, it was eventually Persona Five. And I think that's Sony in a nutshell because the whole sort of eventually JRPG thing <laughs> is what they've done every um, single console. Like if you look at the most valuable PS1 games and PS2 games, they are the Japanese RPGs and horror games that were released right at the death or just after the death of the console. Yeah. And I've got a whole shelf full of them right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I prepared earlier. Um, but like with uh, the PS4, I think they had a much much better support. Like it's, um, I forget what they had, but they, you know they had an Uncharted out reasonably early. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had didn't Don't they have one the two that the new Tomb Raider was that exclusive or for, exclusive for a period of time? I think it was. I think that was the other way no, around. That was wasn't the other it? way around. Oh, was it was the other way around. Yeah. Okay, yeah. making they things had, up they again. Had, they had a new little big planet. On or near release, which is a seller because I have the little big planet edition because it came with an extra controller because the controllers were super expensive and I couldn't afford an extra controller, but I could afford to buy like a game with it. Yeah, Um, it makes you wonder as well did they ditch the PS3 a little bit earlier, maybe because of architecture as well? Because obviously, if you're doing a PS3 and a PS4 from what a lot of developers said in the PS3's lifetime is the cell processor was a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Mm. To get the most the power out of. Yeah. The whole so thing. That makes the sense if was. they're doing multi-platform. And, but then again, if you were doing a multi-platform PS4, Xbox One, would you really develop for a PS3 anymore? Maybe not. But yeah. it's, I think it's more about architecture than, than probably like, you know, they've probably seen sales dip as well with them. Bringing oh, out yeah. the Pro and reducing the PS4 price as well. And That's probably a big factor into it. But And the PS Now as a... well, which had a bunch of PS3 stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, wouldn't have eaten into it tons, but it would have eaten into it some. Yeah. Um, um, it's a bunch yeah, of contributory it, factors, I'm sure. Like. I, I just wish they'd focus more on like UI and stuff now, because the PS4 has got pretty bad UI still. But then again, mm. so as... Kind of. It's not that bad. It's not a patch on the Xbox One. I cannot stand no, I was navigating come through to that. the Xbox One. I was like, how did Microsoft go from a 360 where they had the amazing blades? I'm never going to stop loving the blades because they were great. They then changed up theirs. It was still pretty good. How can you go from a pretty good UI to the Xbox One where you look at it and go... I could have probably shit out a better UI than what you've just made because mm-hmm. this is so bad. Yep. Well, it's it's designed to sell stuff to you, isn't it? Though that's the whole point of it. Yeah. It's designed to to not make it easy for you to get around. It's designed to force you to look at things that you don't care yeah. about. And I think they put yeah. too much emphasis on Connect as well, using the voice control, which didn't mm. work all that well on release. They said, "Yep, we've updated it now," and then they went, "Oh, by the way, we're dropping Connect support because it's crap." Good job. I mean, that's a way to sell your UI decision. I mean, how else am I going to order a Domino's now? <laughs> Why can't I well, do like this to put the pepperoni on? <laughs> what are you doing playing cooking, Mama? Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I, swear, I swear, the Domino's app for the Xbox One had some kind of like movement-based shit oh, where you could be like ham, 
<laughs> like I'm, I'm almost certainly. Yeah, you, I was a Pizza Hut. Sorry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can move your hand. He's got to do it exactly yeah. to your specifications. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're there with a the protractor, like angling your pe- pepperoni to the correct area of the pizza. Well, yeah, it's, oh it's, it's super sad, but it kind of makes sense why they'd stop yeah. it now, I guess, with the Pro coming out and the 4 coming down in price. I think that's probably their main factor. It's like they're hoping people make the jump who haven't already. But the issue is... Mm. Games Xbox Library. Yeah. One has the, uh, the... What do they call it? The To be able to play the Backwards 360... compatibility? Backwards compatibility. Simple phrase, but I've got a simple mind. Um, <laughs> but the PS4 doesn't really have that. But well, they, it's got PlayStation now. Yeah, and they're bringing more titles onto the store, but there's no way to like put your disc in and, and load it. So it's yeah, and and that's you know it it irks me to know that if my PS3 decides to shit the bed, mm. it's going to be a lot harder for me to get hold of another one to re- replace it which will be the device I would use to play a lot of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's and that's a worry. Um I'm currently uh, relying on my PS3 to play PS1, 2 and 3 games cuz I've uh, got the original old, runs, the old yeah. School one, yeah. So if that shit's the proverbial bed, I've then got to probably go out and buy a PS1 or a PS2 or both. Mm. Well, yeah, those are easy to get hold of, let's yes. see. Yeah, they are. Right. Pretty well, especially the PS2, that's yeah. that's well, sold yeah, an insane amount of units. I mean, we've got like three of them here. It's yeah. 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 Got, Should I mail one just in case? Well, I think I've still got a couple somewhere. If you've got yeah. three PS2s, does that mean you've got one PS6? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ahead of only, you, Sony. <laughs> only when I sellotape them together. That was and why a proper dad joke right there. Oh, <laughs> it was okay. a little bit, wasn't it? I'm glad yeah, someone is also holding up the bad pun end of things. Like this. Yeah, this, 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 Sure. They have right. a good library, and and Sony have always had pretty good, you know, yeah. first party stuff. And well, we're, we're seeing it now with the PS4. Yeah. The the fact that they can make a library shine, they they yeah. they can. They they make consoles that just draw exclusives in. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss the PS3. It was a it was a great console, and I think it's gonna live up there as as having a really troubled start, but becoming one of the better consoles. Um, out yeah. there, and I say I think it, it, also, it, yeah. it swung back. Like yes, I do very much feel that it swung back to Sony's side for this generation. And uh, uh, yeah, fanboys and blah blah blah. I had a 360, not a PS3, for the longest time. Last generation, it took me a very long time to get a PS3 because it was shit uh, for a very long time, and it took a very long time till that library arrived, but now I have a PS4 and not an Xbox One, and maybe I'll get one eventually, but maybe not. Now that there's so many different iterations, probably not, but... Um, I think we can all agree it was better than the Ouya. <laughs> what? They, they My completely uh, go in the side. I, I want to I wanna, I wanna just make a point of, please, can we not talk about the Ouya? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that um, I, I'm, I'm sure I saw somewhere that they had some like data leak recently as well. Um, I, could, I didn't see an article up for it, uh, otherwise I would have pulled it in for this. But I'm fairly sure they had a data leak mm. recently. Please. I'm surprised so... there's any data to leak. To be honest please, with you, <laughs> please let's. Yeah, please let's not. Probably just their depressing yeah, financial just... figures. I'll, I'll tell you the most interesting <laughs> thing though about 
the well, the two brands. I think Nintendo's just kind of doing what Nintendo does now. They don't care. They yeah. just do what they want. But if you look at Xbox and PlayStation, they're kind of flipping each generation. Because the PS2 had the lead on the Xbox, even though the Xbox, I think, was a little bit more powerful and a bit more innovative. But the, the stuff it did. Really but in sales, and then they suddenly went, oh, by the way, next generation, 360 is going to do well. PS3 is going to start slow. And then this generation, it's done the opposite again, where PS4 mm. has gone, let's go, and they've gone, and then Xbox One's going, whoa, wait for us. We're kind of coming, and then I'm interested in Scorpio. Like, if they do that console right, it could flip again. But then again. that's not but, quite next-gen, is it? No, it's not, no. but it's their next big step, yeah. so to speak. So yeah. it'd be interesting yeah. if it flips again. But I think the main thing is, is you've got to have the games to sell the hardware. Yeah. And yeah. that's where they've, that's 100% where they fell flat. Yeah. Yeah. But, but X, X, uh, Microsoft just had a crap uh, direction for the Xbox. So, you know, the DRM stuff earlier the, on. The DRM stuff, I think, really killed them earlier on. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah. literally full foot in mouth. Plus, oh my God, we've done a really bad thing. Yeah. Plus, I, I remember I went to a talk from, I forget who it was, but it was someone in the Xbox division, head of Xbox division at the time or some shite. And they were talking about, like, the virality of content and stuff like that. And basically spent, like, 20 minutes talking about how they can create virality from the system. And it's like, you don't manufacture that. There's no, there's no, I mean, you can to a degree, but there's no such thing as manufacturing that on a wide scale. Because it is where it is. It's something that catches people's interest that they haven't seen before. That's a little bit different, and then stuff goes viral. And it's just like you clearly just don't understand how these things play and 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 how they play out. And it's just I've just sat there like, well, never mind. I'll uh, I'll be picking up the PS4 then. Like it's just <laughs> it's that, like my entire thought process. I was hoping, like, so I've taken questions in the crowd, and I was just about to say, uh, I really wanted to be able to ask a question, like, do you understand remotely how these things work? Like, but unfortunately not. But it wasn't anyhow, BBC question anyhow. time. No. <laughs> well, no, they did ask a few questions, but unfortunately I didn't get picked, probably because I just looked like I was going to be an arsehole as soon as I opened my mouth, which, to be fair, wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so, from... going from things from yesteryear, what have we been doing this week... Uh, what games have we been playing this week, more importantly? Who should we start with, Miss Pip? I think we should go with uh, Mr. Benjamin Burns first. <coughs> well. Uh, but I need to find the right thing to put on the screen. There you go. You go for it. I'm, I'm good. Okay. I have been absolutely caning the open beta for Gwent. I am a huge nerd for tabletop, anything tabletop from Dungeons and Dragons to Warhammer to Betrayal at House on the Hill to to Magic the Gathering. I love all that stuff. And Gwent is really, really my cup of tea. The thing that I like the most about it is how far away it is from Hearthstone. If you are sick of all the RNG bullshit, if you are tired of of the the constant card drawing and, and how how card draw plays into the game way too much in Hearthstone. And if you just want something that's refreshing and different, or if you're a fan of the Witcher 3 universe, then Gwent is absolutely fantastic. It's a really solid game. It's also at that early stage where you can actually enjoy experimenting with building decks and stuff like that without having to think, well, this isn't the meta, so I'm going to get battered every game by someone who is playing the meta. 
So now is a really, really good time to give Gwent a go. I'd heartily recommend it. However, don't do what I did and start playing it on the PS4, assuming that you would be able to transfer all that stuff over to a PC mm. account. Because mm-hmm. I've had to start fresh because I know that I don't want to play all my Gwent in front of the living room TV. Right. So it's it's I, I played a little bit um, of the, was it the alpha, I think? Um, or at least a, a closed beta. And uh, a monster's still crazy OP. No, um, oh. I hardly see anyone playing them actually. Oh. Uh, there's a lot. Nilfgaard are being uh, being used as like an OP control deck now, mm-hmm. um, and so Sociatel. Have I pronounced uh, Scoyatel. that right? Scoyatel. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I should know that. I have actually played The Witcher. Scoyatel are um, have been buffed because apparently they were crap before I started playing. Yep. But that's what I play. I play a Scoyatel deck full of dwarves that all buff each other. Yeah. So I imagine I'm really annoying to play against. I don't know. Probably. So I actually, but, right. it, it's so much better than the the Witcher three version of Gwent. Like, well, yeah, well, I suppose it's got to be, hasn't it's it? Really, just cause... yeah. So my question is, why slash how is Gwent better than Hearthstone and the Elder Scrolls Legends and the the Fable okay. one that's coming out? And it's, like, because I know they're all Fable different. One. <laughs> it is they're not it's not better it's just different it's refreshing thing is that i love elder scrolls legends i've played loads of that i love hearthstone i've played insane amounts of it i just love card games and i can smell a good one from a mile away and uh, and gwent is good i don't think it's objectively better than the other ones it's mainly because it's okay. very different you can't really you know you can't fairly say that and it's at the beginning of its of its lifespan so uh, some people would argue that hearthstone has been ruined by the, you know the lot of the mechanics that are now in there some people will say that it's become better and that it's grown and 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 i mean if you speak to an old magic the gathering player they'll they'll tell you about how it was absolutely banging back in 1996 and now it sucks or you know vice versa that's just the way things go i guess but if you want something that feels fresh if you want to get on board the train at the very first stop good time to play gwen fair play fair play i mean it's just not my thing at all and it's just like i feel like i should enjoy them mm. like there, there's a part of what i enjoy in games that i can see in those card games but i don't enjoy them at all and i and i don't understand why i don't like and and i'm just trying to find the rhyme and reason in that i guess i i, I don't know um but maybe i don't know i didn't understand it in in the witcher like i, I played it and i just went huh no it's definitely, yeah it's, it's not for everyone is it it's very different in the standalone, uh, despite the rules being very similar, because I played it in the, the Witcher and hated it. I played the paper version and was like, yeah, this is okay. Um, the standalone version is great. It is genuinely okay. really, really good. Um, and they play on the fact that it is a digital card game, so there are rule sets and there are cards that you couldn't get away with having physical versions of. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's wildly different from the split board that you have with Elder Scrolls, and the quest system and the morality system that you have with Fable Fortunes. Is it Fable mm-hmm. Fortunes? By... Yeah, that's Flaming Falls one, isn't it? Fortunes, oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Just call it Fable Who Gives a Shit. <laughs> Fable card thing. <laughs> I do! I give a shit! Fa- it's called but, Fable Pip Gives but, a Shit, all right? Yeah. Fable no, no, no. And the Ouya. That's it. The Uyu the, the was a was a, a good thing for me at the time, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that because that's a, a long ass story and it was a good thing for me at the time. But um Hearthstone in the last couple of expansions has most definitely been ruined by uh, RNG and I think 
between that and um uh yeah between gwent and um the flaming foul one yeah like we're we're getting we're getting these games back and they they are good as a corner question on Gwen, I've only seen someone like get super into it. So she's like the the girl I watch her play. It she's usually pretty into it. Is there any element of RNG to Gwen, or is it purely how you? I'm going to assume you build your deck. I've only seen one card that is RNG, and it's a card that I use, and it's um, it's ran- randomly deal up to two damage to eight cards on the other player's side. So okay. it's a choice between one or two damage, and it's a choice between how many of up to eight cards. Yeah, because when I played Hearthstone, the RNG was what put me off. Yeah. I was like, as a competitive game, that game seems to be ruined by that factor because there seems to be too much of an RNG element yes. to it. It's okay to have a little bit, I think, in cards because, I mean, poker has it, but that's more down to... You that's knowing the draw. other player as well, yeah, that's down to that's, draw. That's down to draw and stuff. Um, the other player was that bluffing on. To put well, it into so. perspective, uh, one of the cards from Hearthstone that was changed that I used to run, um, and I hated it after it was changed. And I didn't particularly like it before it was changed, but it was the only deck that I was like allowed to run because it was meta. Uh, was that for every spell I cast, I put down this card, and it would cast a random spell out of the entire spell list of the game for every spell okay. that I'd already played. But it didn't just target the other player, it could target me. So some games, I would gain 40 armor, I would suddenly have 6 1-1s on the board, it would buff them all uh, by 3-3, and it would do 20 damage to my opponent. In other (laughs) games, it would go, do you know what, I'm going to destroy all of your minions, and I'm going to hit you for 20. Yeah, and at that point, there's just no element. If you win, you don't feel like you've earned it. If you lose, you feel cheated. Yes. So is, why is that card even there? Like, there is who, literally, yeah. there is literally no point me sitting down and putting together a deck that should win consistently. And we're not talking every time, but we're talking, you know, consistently. And the times when it let me down, it not be my deck building's fault. You know? Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. full RNG, and that just. There's no satisfaction from that. It's not worthwhile for tournament stuff either because why the hell would you put that in your deck or because it, it could literally bite you in the ass in the semi-finals or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, I, I see. I see where you're coming from with that. All right, well, so, yeah, who's good. next? Uh, should we do say next? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, play Rundown's Battlegrounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you've not, I I know people are gonna. I, I'm being looked at vigorously by a squall. I think when I say this, um, I've had a lot of fun playing this game, even despite it being kind of clunky. Not as clunky as Armor Battle Royale, which I played a lot that of, and super that's the clunkiest game in existence, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this game, I oh man. This has got it hooks into me like no other game has in the last decade, I'd say. <laughs> um, and I can't tell you why. Like that, I just think the shooting, now it's fixed, feels great. Uh, the performance is improving week on week. Mm-hmm. I can vouch for that. I haven't seen my frames go up a good 40 <laughs> since the big patch the other week. And i don't know it's just the random element of combat as well where it could happen at any time any place 
Mm. Also, some of the glitches are still pretty funny in this game. When you kill a guy <laughs> and you see his body go 100 foot through the air, is still kind of cool to see no matter what. And apparently they've said they're leaving that in no matter what. <laughs> they said they actually like that happening. I love that. They did that with Skyrim as well. You know, yeah. you can put like the cauldron on someone's head and then steal all their stuff because they can't see you. That yeah. was like a bug yeah. that they knew about and they went, yeah, leave it. Yeah, like some, some stuff like that. I don't mind stuff like that, Binnings. It's not game-breaking. No, it's fun. just funny to yeah. see. It's not um, impacting your game. I, I just really like the competitive edge of this game. Like, the way the leaderboards works is super fair. Um, so if it's on an ELO-based system, so it all goes down to not when you kill someone. It depends on where they're currently placed in the kill rating mm-hmm. and also where you finish in the game. So if you, say, finish 30th, but you've killed the number one player in Europe in that game, you're still going to gain a few points because you've killed the top guy. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a bad game and, say, someone below you by a few 10,000 places kills you, you lose a lot of rank. So yeah. it rewards consistency over being aggressive. And that's what I really like because if you want to do well, it forces you to always be moving, always be thinking, always be on top of your game. And... I still don't think, although Daisy come very close, there is still no feeling close to winning a game in this game. So, so the, I, the feeling I, is great. Can I ask you a question? Because I imagine there'll be a lot of people out there in a similar position to me. Yep. Have you played H1Z1 Battle Royale? I've played every Battle Royale game there is, including the oh. new one, which I believe I can now talk about, called Islands of Nine. Um, about, I don't know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, what I'm going to assume you're going to say, what makes this different? Yeah. Um, so, Player Unknown, the guy behind it, this is his vision. Uh, before, he was very restricted by the armor engine, which everybody knows is the shittiest engine to code for on the planet. Uh, H1Z1, he licensed his name onto it and consulted them. He didn't really have a massive influence on how they made that game. So this is this guy's vision of what he wanted this game to be, running on an engine which is, as I've said, Unreal is probably the most adaptable engine you can get at the minute. So at the moment, I would say it is kind of clunky. The movement's a little floaty here and there with the jumping mechanics, I'd say. Other than that, I think he's got a good dev team which a lot of people say, like, are these devs the right ones to code it? They made Terra, which I think is still a pretty good game, but they made it in this engine. So he's got the right team. He's, I think he's got the right ethos in terms of we're charging $30. We've got more maps coming, more guns, more content, and it's all free, which is, yes, please, devs, listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I think the mechanics of the game work exactly how they should like in h1z1 you can carry more armor and helmets about whether you win this game you get your armor shot off you one you're probably going to be dead for one but also you have to go and scavenge another body to get more armor because you'll probably be a late game so Mm. the mechanics are more of they're more tailored towards players being more conservative so you do get a bit more stale gameplay but for me, when the action happens, it it has more tension to it. And that's what I kind of like about it. It's, it's got a good bit of tension. Mm-hmm. But the shoot the shooting is the main thing for me. They have nailed the shooting, and I 
played this game in closed alpha and believe me if you saw the shooting in the closed alpha Hmm. You would have grated your face off with a cheese grater. It was that bad. I'm not <laughs> even kidding you. They had a recoil mechanic in the game similar to CS. Mm-hmm. But imagine a CS recoil system randomized. Ooh. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Figure, figure the recoil patterns out on those. And now they've changed that to a more armor-style system, but also made it kind of user-friendly where you can shoot over the shoulder. It kind mm-hmm. of makes you draw, like, blur the lines between H1 and, and the armor battle royale. But it's. I think the mod support is going to make this game super interesting because he's literally said he wants to open up the full game and go, right, make your own game modes, do whatever you want, hmm. go. And that's literally what he said. He wants to find the next player unknown. I will say that their Ooh. communications are top tier. Mm-hmm. I, absolutely I top tier. This name is going to make you laugh, but Poopy Queen. Yeah, Sammy. Yeah. Right? Sammy is Sammy's the, one of wonderful. the best community yep. managers I've ever seen. Yep. If you've got an issue, don't get me wrong, some days she's too busy to reply, but most days she will have a reply back to you in five minutes. They communicate clear. And this is what makes me hyped about this game is when they say they're out of early access in five months, which is what they've got left from the timeline they said, I actually believe them because they're working so fast. Mm. Mm. It actually makes me think when this game is done, and I think even now they're they're killing it. This will be the battle royale game. I've played Islands of Nine. It's okay. Yeah. It it's first person only, which I want in this game, which is not out yet. And that's my only problem with this game at the minute. I think the third person camera abuse is a little bit gameplay breaking. It, it mm-hmm. breaks immersion. Once first person's out and they've done it properly, yes, this uh, it already is killing Steam. In terms of numbers, I think that they peaked at nearly two hundred thousand this weekend. They broke into the uh, top ten most played games on Steam, yeah, didn't they? I think they've been they've been third like pretty much every day since it came out now. So mm. yeah, they, they're Impressive. killing it, and they're getting better every month. And I believe server performance don't. This is what I have experienced. So maybe some people are still having a really bad time. Server performance was a main issue. So if you've not played it since the big patch and. Last week's patch, go give it a try. They've done something. I don't know what they've not said. They just said, we fixed servers or done something, and they're working great now. So it's enjoyable even more so, even though it was for me anyway, because I'm a shooty bang bang guy. Shooty bang face, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, I love this game. I think it's great. Yeah, okay. Good stuff. And do now... You, do, do, do you want to... Yeah. Okay. I can I can do the things. You can do the things. Um, right, we'll put my we'll put my stupid face on yep. the screen. I mandated this. Oh, I actually mandated the addition of I Pip's face. I fought this. I fought into, this so hard. Um, it's the full pajama cast, I believe. Yeah, it is. It is. It's me screen. in my pajamas with my dark hair. Which makes me immensely happy. Um, so. <laughs> Um, this week I have had so little time for games because, um, like I, oh, E3 planning is just making me want to throw myself down the stairs to get out of it. But, um, Aero is something that I have had time Aww. to just kind of slip in odd games here and there because you, you play for the length of a track and it's a fantastic rhythm shooter. Uh, it's also kind of like trying to keep 
in the right position throughout the different songs and it's bloody hard like it's it's no slouch as far as difficulty spiking is concerned and it's really 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 good like it's a real i wouldn't say a hundred percent fresh take on a rhythm rhythm game genre but it's it's pretty close to being entirely fresh with the combination of stuff that it does Mm -hmm. and um it's just really enjoyable like the the score tables are like really really competitive yeah so you have like a lot of like little saves that you can have in order to make sure you get the extra few points out of a run and the 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 competition on the tables is absolutely insane like the the people at the top of the table just baffle me as to how they manage to do so well on them but the music the soundtrack on there is really good as well like it's not really my vibe the 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 music that's on there isn't really my kind of thing like i'm not being into my electronic music but they're all like really good examples of the style of music uh it's got Katie B on there, which mm-hmm. uh, if anyone's ever watched Pip play Aero, there is Mandatory <laughs> joining in from the chat of going Ooh! every yep. time it comes up in the song. Yep. Yep. Uh, but slightly better song than that. It makes no, you play better. It makes uh, you play better. Hands down. It is, it is really good. Yeah. Like, yep. Aero like, is a big me, me and Squall, rhythm games, I'd say me and him are pretty on par with, with what we used to play, like Audio Surf 2 and stuff like that. Yep. This game is, is right up there. Like it's, yeah. I just think they nailed everything. Performance is great. Yep. It's challenging. Yep. And I'll, I'll give you a pro tip, Squall. You have to fire your missiles to the beat to get more points. I know. That's I, how I the know. top ones They're do like, it. Mm-hmm. And it's that's like... how I learned that after Morph came in my channel and went, Dude, you should fire your shots to the beat. How and I'm did like, you not oh. know? They go straight when you hit them on the beat. I I didn't think it was a scoring thing, though. I yeah. just thought it was an aesthetic thing. So you, I, you when he said that, I was like, okay, let's do this. And then my scores. Uh, also, the boss uh, fights, A++ boss oh, fights. Yeah. The boss I, fights are yeah. so good. They're so well done. Yeah, They're so pretty challenging as well levels. to kill them. They're, they mm, are pretty yeah. challenging to kill yeah. if yeah. goes so it's, Yeah, so every five le- levels, there's like some huge monster that you have to drain its health bar by doing the, the, the game mechanics. So staying on the ribbon uh, of light that's going around sort of in time to the music by shooting the monster itself, oh, uh, fact, you need to do y- that. You guys can just see the worm is about to come up on screen now. Uh, and they're epic as well. They're really, really cool, stylish levels as well. Like everything just looks great yeah. I, I can't say enough of this so i know me si and pip have played it. ben you, you, you're looking like really engrossed by it <laughs> yeah i've just like been staring at these crazy visuals man yeah. i have not i've i've heard of this i've never actually seen it i played loads and loads of audio surf back in the day so my first thought was to be honest when i first heard about it i just thought oh great audio surf basically yeah. <laughs> but wow looking at it this is pretty cool like i'm it's quite really impre- i mean it looks really really nice it I particularly like the the backgrounds. Do you know what it kind of reminds me of? And this is going to make me sound like an old fart, and no one's probably going to know what I'm on about. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for it. <clears throat> Panzer Dragoon on the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Yes. Anyone ever play that? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that in a lot of ways. Did they actually pres- name that as a as a inspiration towards it? I feel that they did. No. Not that I know of. 
I think it was more like I will... Guitaru Man, was Guitaru it? Guitaru Man, yeah. yeah I yeah, will warn you guys, though, because it's just been brought up in chat and it is a very valid point. This game is controller only. Yep. Yes. If you can't well, you do controllers... <laughs> yeah, it would be horrendous. Um, but if it no... didn't have the shooting, the mouse could have worked, I think. Yeah, but maybe. obviously, I think that might have been a little bit too accurate. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's... No, it's, it's... Oh, it's so good. It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. The video without the music doesn't quite do it justice, and I completely agree because the music for the Spadoodler boss is just <laughs> the best. Thing. It has a cat in it. <laughs> just... It's just a point in the song where you just hear a cat go, and it, it just—I was like, "Well, this is the game of the year for me." Yep. <laughs> it fits. It, it does really well. It does really well. But yes, no. Uh, I, no I, agree just, with you I couldn't well. recommend it enough. Ben, you're the only one here that doesn't have it. Don't be the, lo- the odd one out. You should check it out very soon. <laughs> Look, can oh, you yes. get it on PS4? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. I yeah. might grab it on the PS4 then. PS4, on the Xbox One, and Steam. So there you go. Well, right. Yeah, like a quick comment. The worm. The, my mind blew when I was like, oh, the worm's just going to fly next to me. And then I'm like, oh, God, I'm going in its mouth. <laughs> like, I'm just going to blast that. Insane. I love that bit. It's yeah. insane. Oh, right. And then we are left with... Uh, as if we haven't discussed this game enough this week, for God's sakes. <laughs> All right, well, I'll make it super brief. I'll make it super go on, brief. Go on, put, put, get, put his face up on the screen again and let's yes. get on with it. Go on. All right, so. <laughs> if you've not played The Witcher yet and you are a fan of stories, please go do it. Please go do it. Um, I played The Witcher 3 like a year ago raced through a couple of quests and was like, yeah, this is all right. It's pretty. Mm, and I left it. So this this last week, uh, I've gone back to it and I've started playing it and I'm listening to the game. I'm reading the stories. I'm talking to people. I'm taking in as much of the lore as I can. And it is a completely different experience. Completely. If you want a good example of um, narrative, if you want a good example of um, woven lore, if you want a good example of quests that make you think, what's that weird stuff on Geralt's back, somebody asks? Uh, They're clothes. Uh, We're currently doing a playthrough (laughs) where all Geralt wears is a towel. (laughs) I am playing through the entire game in just... Well, I'm not playing through the entire game in just a towel because I'd lose my job. Um, but I'm, I'm playing through the entire game where Geralt is, is just in a towel. So like Geralt's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes! Uh, <laughs> it, never, it never does look that panicked, so I guess Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but no, it's really great. If you are looking for an experience where you can go and just lose yourself in... Um, it's almost like losing yourself in a different language, in a, in a, different, in a different country, in a different world. It's absolutely wonderful, and I adore it. Um, if you are after some good stories, go speak to everybody. Do all of the white quest things. Um, I'm booting up the game when nobody's looking and going back and reading through all the notes. Like, which, you know, it, uh, nobody on stream wants to hear me read for hours. But honestly, it's something that I'm enjoying doing off stream. Mm-hmm. It's just taking the time to sit back and read. So yeah, if, you, if you're if you into stories, if you're into narrative experiences, if you're into um, quite challenging combat, uh, if you're into learning a lot, there you go. Yes, basically, if you want to go to Wales but don't want to run the risk of uh, running into a wild pip, 
play the witcher <laughs> 3 and it will give you about the right experience and that's all i'm gonna say because it's it speaks for itself really as a game it is absolutely wonderful and i adore it endlessly well that guy just really really oversold wales there <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere near as good in wales as it is in the witcher 3 <laughs> For you guys listening to the audio oh. version, I just opened my mouth really wide and, and clutched at my heart. Like, I am... <sighs> no, like, it is one of the best RPGs, I'd say, in the last decade by quite an easy distance, I'd say, just because I think people got put off by the combat, and I'd say don't just give up after the first couple of hours with the combat. Like, stick with it. It does improve. Yeah. If, God, yeah, if, I, like, can, don't, if don't... I can finish a load of the combat in a towel, I promise... Yeah. You can do it. My fringe is not doing the thing today. I promise you can do it too. Like, I yeah. absolutely promise. If I can play as much of the game as I have, and we've had people coming in being like, ooh, um, you will not beat that bear without armor. That bear will kill you. And we've just no hit the bear. We've just, like, slayed it right down. So, yeah, don't, don't, like, don't worry about combat and things like that. If you need to turn it down, turn the difficulty down. It's worth it for the story wholeheartedly. Cool. Well, so, I think we made it out the other side of the the weekly Witcher free spot. So yeah, uh... <laughs> it's quite nicely booked, not it? Gwen and then the Witcher. Here's what's new. Here's what's old. I like it. See, it's good. And um, it's good. So going from a game that is oh, no. DRM free for the most part uh, because of their affiliation, it, it, like CD Projects, uh, they own GOG or they're somehow yeah. tied with GOG. I they, think they, they own GOG. Yeah. They own GOG. Well, so they're DRM free, and it brings us quite actually for once neatly-ish to what's going to be sort of our deeper topic of discussion for the week, and it's well, I suppose centering around a game called Rhyme. Uh, it's R I M E, not uh, you know making words sound similar. Um, that are released with a DRM software called Denuvo which I can tell you from personal experience, is Gash. Um, <laughs> so uh, they, they, they released with this, uh, this DRM software, and they basically turned around and said, hey, if you guys can crack it, we'll remove it. And so people did. And so they did, which is pretty cool. Um, then... They they moved on to uh, just have, having none of that at all. Um, but it kind of beggars the question, is there any point in DRM anymore? Because Denuvo is the same one that they used for Resident Evil, uh, or Resident Evil 7, sorry, the, the latest, uh, which again got cracked in, I want to say, five days, the same sort of times it took them to do it for Rhyme. Um, they had it for Tales of Berseria, which I personally encountered and made me want to punch things. Um, so basically, because that was released around a little while after that crack was found for the Resident Evil DRM, uh, they hastily patched it into Tales of Berseria because, lol, that makes sense after the you know the cat's out of the bag already. Surely, you know, there's a copy of that with that pre patched. DRM on it, and they hastily patched it, which just ruined the sound in the game. So the sound of you like hitting someone would just double up and double up and double up and double up until it was absolutely deafening you, which was fantastic. 
Um, so I, as a paying customer, got a really shoddy experience because of this enforced DRM. And this particular type uh, also just uses ridiculous amounts of CPU because what it basically does is it, it decrypts as you play. So everything that you do, it calls to yeah. the the encrypted stuff through Denuvo, presumably, and says, oh, I need this bit now. Uh, if I can get this bit, uh, could I have this little bit here, please? Um, and it's like hitting performance on PC in general. So are we in a are we in a point in time where DRM is either not needed or it's just too overbearing to the point where it ruins the paying players experience like what are our feelings on DRM as a necessary tool I think the best games give you a reason to not pirate them don't they really yeah. I mean if you've got there's been plenty of times in the past where a, a game would have been great to pirate if it wasn't for the fact that there was an awesome multiplayer element to it that I really wanted. I mean, the other day, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago when Prey first came out, I was mm -hmm. broke and I really wanted to play it. I was really excited for it. I was gutted that I didn't have the money to buy it on release. But I waited because I know that Arcane, the guys who make it, support their games really well. And I knew mm -hmm. there was a couple of launch issues and I thought... Do you know, well, obviously I'm not promoting piracy or anything like that, but I thought, no, I'm I'm not going to acquire this by any other means. I'm going to wait and I'm going to get the fully patched up version of it that I know is going to be the best experience I could possibly have because there's, I'm only ever going to get to experience this plot for the first time once, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's why that's that's an example of a good game that doesn't pack it full of DRM that gives you a reason to want to buy it. If a company is forcing you to go through something like what the rhyme guys have done that to me says we don't have the confidence in our product to assume that you will pay us for it we're gonna have to yeah. force you to pay us for it i will say though um it was very sad where i forget what game it was but a game came out recently uh and we're talking recently as in like in the last year um and the dev took to Twitter and went, somebody is currently streaming my game for almost a thousand people and I should be really happy. And I looked at it and I thought, what on earth is this? And the follow-up tweet read, but there's a watermark in the corner. I know that that's the pirated version. Mm. I believe that game was The Witness. Oh, was it? Yes, 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 yes it was, it was. And I'm kind of like, oh. Mm. Because... But in the same right, so I, I'm not going to dictate what people should do to promote their games. But if that individual was capable of that level of reach and that level of audience, to my mind, it would have made sense for them to have offered that streamer a key. Yes, which I and think. And then use them as an advertising platform to those thousand people to purchase that game. Yes, but why did the streamer not go to them in the first place? Like, I don't... It... I don't know. Uh, like, the, the, the problem is a lot of games are quite difficult to go through that methodology with. Hmm. Uh, speaking of someone that runs a platform that probably has links with the vast majority of mainstream publishers to be able to obtain review keys and quite a lot of indies and smaller publishers as well 
there are still a lot of games where I want to be able to review them. You know, I'm poor as shit. Like, I, there is no way I can afford to buy all the games that I need to review and stream and promote and blah, blah, blah. So my options are quite limited by the fact that I just can't contact some of these people. And there's so many different services for, you know, Keymailer or the distribute website do distribute is it called yeah and then you've got like press kit and then you've got individual people that represent some people and then sometimes maybe they just do it themselves through their twitter channels um it's there there's a difficulty in obtaining that that access in the first place and i'm not saying that that streamer was right to pirate the game and stream that by any stretch of imagination no one is in the right for pirating like i i i i completely disagree with that concept but i do think it's important to bring up like we're, we're saying that it's a it, it's something that you know um drm is totally pointless and it kills games and blah 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 but it all is it is always worth remembering that piracy is a thing that happens and it does yeah. affect you know a, a lot of people if he'd said to those thousands of people well you know i was on pirate bay this weekend and i picked it up then He's not That's... made those hundred sales that he was going to make. No, right. no. Um, but the other thing also... to rem- the other thing to remember though is, um, as far as uh, you know, content creators are concerned, um, how many platforms are you registered on to get keys? Because I know that I'm registered on at least six different sites to get keys. Yeah, I was going to say five, maybe. Yeah. At least. It's it's something to remember that there are platforms out there if you want to be a part of the industry and play games as part of the industry there are ways and means to get those keys um like without those things like what keymailer evolve um oh i think i'm signed up through do distribute as one of the thingy members so no that's that's a naff one but it is no, I like it because their press kits are super straightforward, and sometimes I like to read press kits. That's my. Mm. That's my. <laughs> you got Evolve terminals, which are pretty good. Yep. Um, I actually really, really like uh, mm. terminals. That's very, yes. very good. But I um, like. I agree with chat. It's it's a situation where the minority have ruined it for the majority, and yeah. it's the yeah. same as we're getting with adverts, where people started using ad block, so ads became more intrusive. Yeah. And we're seeing the same here where DRM, and I know Ben will remember because you, you're about as old as I am, when you used to put your floppy disks in and it would give you two symbols on the screen and you'd have two wheels and you'd have to put the two yeah. wheels together that were yeah. in your game box and you had to read the code and then you had to type in the code that the, the putting the two wheels together gave you. That was on the yep. classic uh, D&D PC games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've still Monkey got the Island original Civilization. Too. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yep. A lot of games I... um, used instruction manuals as well. So, yes. like, yeah. you've got to page, page 17 and Word yeah. 14 and, like, that, that yeah, was yeah. cool. The one that I really yeah. liked was the original Worms. They had something like that, but it was black printed on black, like glossy black oh, printed so you on had black. To, like... So you couldn't even that. photocopy it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, very clever. Well, I think time. I think the interesting thing about Denuvo is is that it is attacks on your hardware. I think that's yeah. the biggest put off for a legitimate customer. If they're on not a fantastic PC, if a DRM is taking up that extra space and like in terms of hardware power, 
that could easily put you off buying the game. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. if you know Denuvo is going to have that big of an impact, which in some games it does, that's going to totally ruin that guy's experience. And then is that guy going to say to his stream, "I'm having massive performance issues"? Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. Most streamers would. They're not going to hide it when you're seeing like 10 FPS on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I think Denuvo's pretty interesting in terms of, from what I've heard, not only do they remove it if someone cracks it. They also only license it for a certain time frame. So you have to pay and renew. So I know there's a couple of games recently, but I've had patches out, and some people have looked and go, whoa, hang on, you've removed the DRM. Mm. And Denuvo's come out and said, yeah, like their license has run out. That's mental. And that's the first I've heard of that, but they kept it on the down low. There's probably a curve, though, isn't there? Of you, you know, every game has a curve of sales, right? And it's going to spike right at release, and then it's going to go like yeah. straight down. So I guess it's, once it's gotten to the point where like, no one's really going to buy the game anymore, or not anywhere near as many people are going to buy the game anymore, they may as well just strip it off and not pay for it anymore. Yeah. And it's probably cheaper for them to buy in the outset. I mean, not but, many people know what the cost is, the, so I'm going to assume it's it must be pretty heavy the, for them yeah, to say. The well, problem we'll with that, though, is something that we've seen with... Now, I've got to get this right, because I know Steve will tell me off otherwise. Um, <laughs> I think it's Fantasy Star that does it, but you'll have to forgive me if it's not. That used to have a DRM where it checked in with some kind of server when you logged in, right? Yes, and I think The server would that. go, ping! That's a legitimate copy. Go and play. That server-side stuff doesn't exist anymore. So when you go to play the game, the game goes, Hi, I'm phoning you. Can I start? Hi, I'm phoning you. Can I start? And of course, it doesn't get an answer. So it goes, Sorry, must not be a, a legitimate copy of the game. Can't play right. it. So you've also got that. And I again, it's this thing where because... People have been pirating, and obviously with uh, the fall of AA and the the rise of kind of indie versus AAA, we've seen a big shift in um, needing to support devs uh, to get that level of quality of game out, right? Mm-hmm. So what we've what we've done by pirating these games is stop people from being able to make the same quality of game. Um, but we've also made this this whole sort of DRM situation more intrusive. Yeah. It's got to be more intrusive now because it's got to bypass all these bypasses that already exist. But then, uh, by the same logic, uh, some games take longer to crack. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any game that has not been. Uh, ooh. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume there probably is. I think there probably might be. It's quite good at the DRM. It takes yeah. people quite a while to crack EA stuff. But generally, they're cracked in a day or two. And then they're out. But we still have to, like paying customers, still have to deal with the upshot of that DRM yeah. being there. Yeah. So it seems. And, and the thing is, like. It's a known thing. It takes a few days and then you can play your game for free by pirating it. And I think people who pirate games on the regular will wait the extra couple of days to get it for free rather than paying to pick it up. I think that's 
that's probably the trend. Like maybe a couple will break down and buy it, but not that many. If they're if they're dead set on just getting games for free and not paying for for people's work. So I don't really see the benefit of DRM because you're pissing off like Tales of Tales of Berseria pissed me off a lot. And I am very, very much considering as much as I enjoyed the game, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. I've enjoyed all of the Tales games over the years. I am very much considering not picking the next one up. If it, if it's used de novo, I almost certainly won't, yeah. uh, because I'm not de- as a as someone that's paid their money. I'm not dealing with a entirely preventable problem that is working against the minority who's going to find a way anyway, and is going to deprecate my experience. Like it just it, that doesn't work for me like I, I just can't get on board with that yeah it's like a car salesman slashing the tires on all his cars in case someone steals them yeah. it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me at all like why would you why would you make your project your your product rubbish just to spite the people who steal it it, it makes no sense to me at all I, I just don't understand it like if there was a way to do this without and we have seen many times in the past like the cool old examples that Pip was mentioning earlier on there's plenty of like good ways there's plenty of cool ways to go about this well yeah. there used to be anyway but physical edition yeah. say, is at least well, I mean, even there's... even digital manuals can have pictures in the bottom yeah but yeah, digital but manuals I mean, are screenshotable yeah. aren't they yeah, like, that's still no that. true protection but, but the point is is that I, th- I think okay there's two sides to this argument and they're both valid there's there's the don't screw up your own product argument so get rid of DRM and there's the we you know anyone who creates something ought to have the right to try and protect it from being stolen and that's reasonable as well but you need to find some sort of balance between the two don't you and i think that developers need to put more time and effort into ensuring that if they are going to use drm it doesn't screw up the experience for the end user it's not difficult to test this is it these guys make games surely they can tell that your the drm is like making your fps go down by 30 now you make that point the rhyme devs at first put their hands up and said we know that there's a performance problem we don't think that it's the drm people were which they're wrong yes no yeah <laughs> like but people were people were on and on and on at them that the drm was making because it, it's a well-known thing we've just seen it with resi 7 it's a well-known mm-hmm. thing that it takes so much of your processing power that it ruins any game experience yeah. that you could have um so they knew that this was a problem but they kind of doubled down on this whole now something to do with the drm the drm has to stay and that's a little bit upsetting rather than listening to their community their fan base and going like we were super worried that people were going to pirate it which is why we put it in please understand like it is causing a problem so we will Mm -hmm. take it out but please you know tell your friends to buy it if you did pirate it Please buy it when it goes on sale or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. it, it's And I think there's a service provided as well, indirectly, but by the fact that we're very much stuck on Steam or whatever service as being the place where we have our games and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I have re-bought games in the past that have had a standalone launcher or, or whatever else. Yeah. 
in order to have them on Steam because I could pick them up for cheaps on sale or whatever else. Um, and I think even that serves as well, not as DRM, but like as an incentive to purchase. It's together with the rest of your collection. It's you know it's on on your shelf as a proper jewel case as opposed to one of those cheap knockoff flimsy pieces of shit ones that you can buy for like a thousand of them for 20 pence off of ebay or whatever like there's there's something to be said for having everything gathered in one place yeah give us the carrot Um, on the stick right yeah yeah exactly and i think that's kind of really the key you know feel free to slap your drm on there if it doesn't impact me as a player uh, that has paid my upkeep for you to be making games don't make me continually connect online because I'm not always online. I'm going on a yeah. flight in a week's time for 11 hours. I'd fucking love to play games on my phone, which is not possible for the <laughs> most part because they all need to collect, connect online in some way, shape, or form to make sure I'm not cheating the system or whatever. You need to get yourself a Nokia Engage. Oh. <laughs> oh god yeah. i'll just turn yeah. it sideways to make a call that'd be great <laughs> i, I actually another... own one of those for like two years of i made phone calls of course on you engage. do another <laughs> of you, big factor as well and a lot of people actually discredit this even though i do know people what actually do this a lot of game companies nowadays don't release demos anymore mm. don't get me wrong mm-hmm. coding side of things is probably a pain in the ass when you're going through crunch time whatever but if a customer don't like doesn't actually know how that game runs on their system and their specs are pretty you know borderline to minimum yeah of course they're going to want to know what that game runs like and if there's no demo what's the easiest way of grabbing hold of it they go to twitch unfortunately well they do however if they want for personal experience yeah for personal experience they're going to grab that game however they can and unfortunately and to be honest the few times like so so you know being completely honest and and open and whatever else because i'll tell you something i don't believe in i know what you're going to say everyone's done it to a certain extent with a different media platform music games movies whatever someone has done something like that at some point when when I was younger and skint as fuck, I yeah. used to pirate the majority of my games, and now that I have money, I purchase them. Yeah, I went on to purchase the games that I enjoyed from pirating them, and I will still, if there is not a demo available, or even if there is a demo available, sometimes on the odd occasion when I know my PC is borderline able to run it, I will download a version of that game. Because I don't trust that the demo is in line with the final product as far as performance is concerned because a demo is not going to get updates. It's not going to get patches. It's not going to get any stuff like that which could have an impact upon the performance. So occasionally I will pick up a copy of that game and test it, but then I will purchase it. I will premise what I've just said with Steam's refund policy is pretty painless and I don't think people can use that as an excuse anymore because... The yeah. the refund policies, yeah, very I, true. I've done it a couple of times. It's super easy. Yeah. But in in terms of that, I do think the demo thing is a bit of an issue. But like I say, with the refund policy being there, I don't think they can use that excuse anymore. I just well, think sometimes you can your face on your keyboard and still get a refund from Steam. Like I, if you've ever can. watched Two Angry Gamers, yeah. So he gets like these like the the straight up like university project piece of shit games. You know the, the shovelware that we were talking about yeah, earlier the, on. The, the, F- uh, the FPS the... creator games and the RPG maker games yeah. and yeah, oh, yeah, those kind of games. You. 
RPG well, Maker's some brilliant. RPG oh. Maker. Yeah, it's <laughs> brilliant. However, some stuff what's come out of there has been right but then some unity stuff is bollocks and well yeah that's what i'm saying um... like i thought you were talking about actual rpg maker like buying the no not that that. actual thing some i was just thinking you ignorant man no some stuff (laughs) is good what comes out of that however with all creator things just because you give someone a creation tool doesn't mean it's going to be good every time something comes out of it yeah uh, fps creator is pretty much i mean yeah you look at um... fps Oh, God. I forget what it was called. Um, maybe it was called Sunset or something like that. And that... Um, what's the engine you were talking about earlier, Sai? Uh, Unity? Unreal. Or... No, Unreal. Real? Okay, yep. so I'm pretty sure it was an Unreal game because everything was super shiny. And the game mm-hmm. was horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. But it was made with a top-flight engine. The, yeah. Well, the thing with the Unreal Engine is it is free unless you earn a certain amount of money now. So pretty much they just spent everybody make a game. There you go. And everyone kind of does, unfortunately. It's such a good engine really that it's very yeah. intuitive to use. And it's got such a good market that yeah. if you've got, if you if you're some sort of 13-year-old moron with access to Daddy's <laughs> credit card, you can knock something up that looks great but plays like ass because yeah. you'll have all the funds and all the resources but none of the actual know-how. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, very true. You know. But yeah, my, what what my point was is like he'll he'll pick up those absolute shite games and he'll play them to just basically show how shite they are, and then he refunds them because like they shouldn't be on Steam in the first place, effectively. <laughs> um, but he literally types in the comments box, "This game was shit. I wanted to scratch my face off. It made me want to headbutt a child." Like he will put like. Yeah anything in on there and he gets a refund every time so like <laughs> it's definitely like it's it's a tick like it's every time you can write yeah, anything it's, it's so which is a, a bit of an issue in of itself because you yeah, should because, have a reason to refund but yeah like yeah. who's who's actually reading those things unless they find it really funny and go well he, he made an attempt to be funny so well, refund but yeah it probably yeah, like, takes le- it probably costs them more money in manpower to have someone vetting it than it does for them to just go okay we'll give you a refund yeah, but yeah. that money comes out of the developer's pocket as well, which is yeah, yeah. the the kind of issue. But... I feel like I feel like we've kind of we've we've kind of moved away from what we were. We have. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. like as, as well, pricing may be a thing as well, whether they yep, think it's worth sure. money or not. That's also another because I know people complain about Battlegrounds being twenty seven quid, aka thirty dollars, but I think they've warranted that with good communication, good devs, and actually. Saying, hey, we're not going to be in early access for four years, <laughs> Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it's oh, yeah, all that's about. actually coming out of early access now, isn't it, Daisy? It's, it's officially yeah. going into beta. Look, mm-hmm. listen. If that game ever gets finished, I will show my penis in a Aldi's shop window because they will run out of money before that game is done with how slow they're going. It... No, let's not go down that road of Daisy. <laughs> I was going to say, let's not, let's not, <laughs> let's not do yeah, this. Like, Pricing, I think pricing's maybe another thing because some games are a little bit too much for what they are. Um, but again, mm. I think that's a thing to do with the the fall of uh, the fall of the the double A means that we're kind of in an uncertain area of how much do you charge for a video game when it's you know an independent title when it's you know a triple A title is there a crossover that sort of thing and that that's always that's always super difficult. But yeah, I, think... I guess the other side as well is like you don't have this with anything else media is very unique insofar as um you you can 
go and get it through other means. Whereas like a TV, for example, you couldn't just pirate a TV, you know. And I know it kind of echoes those really crap adverts that we have yeah. in the UK. Yeah. You wouldn't pirate a car. But like, um, you know, like it's very unique that there's another option that you could nick it basically by by pirating it. But like, it means it, well, like the pricing should potentially take that into account. I, I feel because it's 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 an awareness thing. They have to be aware that it's going to happen. It's shit. It sucks. It will. But it's going to happen. But yeah. you have power to control that to a degree by <laughs> by price point. And the problem that I see. And it happens more from Eastern developers rather than Western, I would say. But their technique is to ra- double the price as opposed to half the price or, or lower, you know, raise rather than lower. Like a lot of Japanese publishers, um, uh, without sort of directly naming names, but like your more well-known ones, uh, will tend to have like a real premium. Like it will be a 60 quid game. Yeah. Uh, as general, as opposed to a 40 quid game, which I could kind of go, yeah, I'll get my 40 quid out of that. Um, and that definitely enters into the decision. It yeah. really does. Like, having, having recently just gone full time on, on Twitch, I know for a fact my funds are very limited now. So when it comes to purchasing a game, I'm going to be looking at a lot of things like curator reviews uh, hopefully when they get pushed to the forefront on steam live streams i'll probably go to people like squall and like pip you know to say like yo is this game actually legit? Oh, that's a mistake well okay then I t- okay i'll say that <laughs> i mean on my just part pip then i'll go to i was, yeah, you, it's safe I was gonna <laughs> say whoa now i picked um, good well, video yeah games. like it, it's all gonna come down to a lot more influence on what i buy now rather than mm. I will just go out and willy-nilly spend whatever on a game because I can, rather than know I've got to think about this now. Yeah, you have a a budget. There's so much what can go into a DRM decision and a piracy decision, but like I say, I think Denuvo is one of the worst ones in terms of making people lean towards piracy, but it's also, from the dev standpoint, it is one of the ones more difficult to crack, although recently that's kind of been disproven as well so it's i can see both sides but i think as a legitimate customer you should never have your hardware sacrificed for being legit that just doesn't seem to be a good moral decision on the devs part like there's other ways you can do it and (laughs) it actually makes me think of that post going around on twitter uh which (laughs) is um the little girl that wrote a comment about a teacher saying that like mass punishment is a war crime and so you shouldn't do it in the classroom and you should be brought up in front of the hague and it's like that the legitimate gamers are receiving that mass pu- mass punishment yeah. for yeah. the individual offenders that cause that to, yeah. to for there to be a need for that yeah. and like it, i don't know why that sprung to mind but like it's it, it runs alongside that almost i mean it's not a fucking war crime to drm your game but like it's it's that <laughs> well, same kind of line of thought. No, but it, it's it's affecting it's affecting the consumer's final kind of um, uh, experience. Final product. Yeah, and, and that's... that's the final point. Like, do what Blue All have done and employ someone like Sammy to be a figurehead of your communication 
on mm. a personal level, you know, like talk to the people who are buying your damn games for once yeah. rather than we're going to change something and then two months later go, oh, we, we finally decided you didn't like that change. Like actually give feedback. Yeah, look at the difference between... They do it. Yeah, look at the difference between um, uh, PUBG and uh, For Honor, for example. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, the thing. Like, I don't even know what channels to go through to give feedback to the majority of companies. I don't play Player Unknown Battlegrounds. I have fuck all interest in playing that game whatsoever. I hate that entire genre as a whole. I know who the point of contact is for that community. Yeah. Does that not speak volumes? I know better how to contact someone from a community that I have no interest in than I do for some of my most loved franchises. Yeah. Even That's something mad. like that can have a bigger impact on whether you buy that game or not. If they can like reassure you that something's going to get fixed or that something's coming to the game and they're communicating it in a really efficient way, even that mm -hmm. can probably persuade you to maybe go like, okay, I'll take the plunge and buy this it's game. Buying loyalty. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. So you're buying loyalty for free. And they're one of the few who are actually doing that. And I think they need, like, a, a lot of the bigger companies need to look at that and go, okay, we've seen what they've done now. Now we need to implement that. I think Destiny 2 will be interesting to watch. Yep. Because See how their the community their, reacts to that. Their community is super close-knit and super supportive. So mm -hmm. hopefully they get that right. And I think if they do, then you might see a domino effect. Mm. And even that can help, like break the piracy circle. But there's always going to be a group of coders what cracky game, and there's always going to be people what download it. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how it is, and it's not going to go away. And that's but kind of the bottom line, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's, it's the bottom it's line. Never, it's never they're never going to stop doing it. It doesn't make any difference what measures are put in place because at the end of the day, you can hire a team of ten or twenty dedicated programmers to to do some DRM for your game. But there's always going to be more than that out there wanting wanting it for free and willing to have a whack at, at getting it for free. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, you know, if I've bought your game, I have your game. Like I have it in some form. I have a disc. I have it installed on my hard drive. I have it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, whatever controls you put into place, I have access to. Like I, I can, I can, if I have the knowledge, which I most certainly don't. I barely know how to bloody run command prompt commands half the time. But like, um. <laughs> You know, I have the ability to look at that look at that code in, through whichever method is required, and go, ah, and this is the thing that triggers that, and I'm going to make it point to me pressing OK on a dialog box, and boom, it's done. Like I, I, I've broken the code. So like it's, you know, there, there's a very solid limit of having access to that, and you can't not give them access to it because then they don't have it. <laughs> so. Unless everyone's going to stream their games forevermore, which is still a problem f with DRM in some some degree, which, uh, as it is from having to call servers. So, DRM it sucks, but is good, but it's also it sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've it, not really come very far in this discussion. No, we, <laughs> well, no, but that's something, much the something needs is. to be done, but I'm not sure that any of us. Uh... Yeah, I mean, what can you do, really? Like, you can make it call a server, but then if you've got no internet, you're boned. If you don't make it yeah. call a server, somebody can, like, make an artificial call. Like, yeah. every way, there is going to be someone who is affected as a legitimate customer, and it's like, how do you stop that? And I don't think there is really a way, because there's always going to be someone in a different situation to you or someone else. So it's like, how do you cater for 
that big of well, an audience, I don't think yeah. you really can. I'd like well, to more like what what happened with Resident Evil Seven. I mean, I know it ended up having DRM in the end anyway, but that really, really imaginative and creative demo that they released yeah. that had you know what ten, fifteen different endings, and you could just prod and poke at it and play it over and over again. That's a really cool way to let users know whether or not it can run on their system, give them a taste of what they can expect. Do you know what? I'm a huge fan of the Resident Evil series, but I probably wouldn't have bothered buying Resi 7 after 5 and 6 if I hadn't mm. played that demo and thought, wow, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. And it runs on my PC. Yeah, and the, the, the other thing that I was going to mention is um, Witcher 3 would not be a success if DRM3 didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because it first and foremost it's DRM free. Like it's it's through you know, it's available through good old games because the developers own good old games. And it's DRM free. Like it's it's available for that, it's still a big success, it still earned a lot of money. And yes, that's not gonna be the case for everyone. And yes, that's not going to be helping the smaller size publishers and developers who have um more limitations on on how uh, on their reach and so forth, but it proves that a DRM free approach can work. I think it, it all comes down to single player as well. Like I think single players need DRM more than multiplayer because serial keys. You know, you can yeah. do a serial key check for a multiplayer game. If your key's legit, you get access. If your key's not legit, you're done. Yeah. So I think I think it's more focused towards single player. But even then, like, there's the fact of offline and online activation and stuff like that. Like you said, you're going on a plane. If you want to play a game what requires online activation, you're kind of not going to play that game on the plane. Maybe I'll get into Witcher 3. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) so you should because it's a bloody good game. All right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like I say, there's no, I don't think there is a full 100% solution no. they just need to come up with a better one yes. than what they've got the yeah. same as advertising it's it's we're in the same boat yeah. with advertising um mm-hmm. but there we go unless you're on youtube and then you don't get none anymore oh sick bird <laughs> oh dear <laughs> well all right well i think we've discussed around that and decided that we're we not don't know the people to answer the yeah. question <laughs> but yeah, we know much, yeah. but no i think we've we've explored a lot around Yes, it doesn't work. Yes, it needs to change. Yes, we shouldn't be penalised. And there are things that are being done wrong which exacerbate the the issue itself uh, as far as pricing and restrictions to, to paying customers are concerned. So, you know, something was achieved there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's... Um, I think that's nearly our lot for the week, isn't it? Yeah, I think the only thing we have left to do really is to decide why was this episode a six out of ten? And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you two. Um why was this and, and chat chat if you think you know why this episode was a, a six out of ten. Because um, obviously we need to name the episode. I think the one with too many lads um isn't <laughs> well, quite think, catchy. Like, which are free edition, isn't it? <laughs> uh, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, Six out of ten DRM free. I mean... Because <laughs> we are DRM free. Yeah, I guess we are. Um, I think it was I mean, nine out of ten until we failed to solve the age-old problem of DRM and then our quality just dropped to six 
because we, we aren't able to do that. Six out of ten contained DRM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, I like that, it. That works for that works for me. The one with the overlong DRM discussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Six <laughs> out of ten contained DRM. Are we just going to start naming this like Friends episodes? I, I, <laughs> well, can we can we have the one where Ross and Rachel get married? Oh no. <laughs> Six out of ten are towels DRM free. You can, well, you can't get for free if you stay at a hotel. Uh. <laughs> oh god! No, I, I very much, I very much like six out of ten, like contained DRM. Um, yeah. I love the fact that this was a great podcast until there was DRM and, and it kind of. <laughs> we can't well, let hey, that slip a little bit. Hey, hey, kind of like DRM, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, you two. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, what can we expect from you two coming in the next sort of sort of near future, ish? Ben, I'll let you go. Um, I intend to get really, really good at Gwent. Yeah. <laughs> that, is my, that is my. That is my. Any future. articles, Ben? <laughs> are you, are you going to be writing any articles? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I will be continuing to write articles for a living, but I'm. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be doing. You'll see a bit more of me re- re- soon, I think, because I'm gonna be doing a lot more Sanshudo related stuff yeah. in the near oh, future. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, <laughs> really. really? Oh. Yeah, that must be such a surprise to you, Squall. God, <laughs> I'm blown away. Oh my God, Sai, <laughs> tell me what you're doing in the near future. Save me. Battlegrounds. Oh. Uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, we're 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 really high ranked at the minute. Um, when I logged off last night, twenty fourth in solos in EU. Oh, good job! So we are pushing for. I've said I'm. I know I'm decent at this game. I can make top ten, so that's the goal. And we've well, been playing twenty fourth in Europe. I am twenty fourth in Europe solos. God, that's amazing. We've got a celebrity yeah, now. There you hey, hey, you want me to raise your eyebrows even more? You're as game... good. At Player Unknown's Battleground, as England are at football, roughly. I don't know if you just dissed me or not. I. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, like we we want to push for top ten. I was number one for a little bit when the game came out, but that kind of went south really bad. Um, so I want to try and push for that. Um, but also, I'm going to try Islands of Nine a bit more and give that a bit more of a chance. Um, that's also a battle royale game running on Unreal. Mm-hmm. funnily enough um but it is kind of like a crisis battle royale game i'd say it looks like it was could have been easily a crisis mod um so engine. yeah that's yeah just wrong engine and kind <laughs> of end of wrong frame rate um because that's my main <laughs> issue with that game uh but yeah that's pretty much it like i'll probably throw in the odd other game here and there like a bit of euro trucking which is multiplayer in that game is well random and full of Really bad drivers, apparently. That's all right. So is the real world. Sam, what are you doing this week? Basically, um, I'm going to be going um, for the most part, Uh but um, mainly finishing off E3 stuff and then flying out to go there on Wednesday. And then I have no idea what my life is for, for the next. 11 days after that uh so you very lucky people are not going to have as many shit segues next week on the podcast <laughs> it's just going to be me 
Mm. It's going to be great. What are you doing, though, Pips? Don't worry about me. Oh, Thursday, not Wednesday. Thursday, I'm flying out. See, look, see, stress. It's not working. But no, more importantly, what are you going to be doing for the next week, Pip? All right, so lots, lots, lots of plans for me. Uh, Monday night, uh, Monday day, we're going back to The Witcher 3. We're going back to our towel adventures, but we're also going to do some dead cells because I like that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to break up The Witcher 3 just a little bit. Uh, Monday night, we have Talavir over on Susanna Grace's channel if you guys are a fan of um, traditional D&D. Uh, fifth edition homebrew D&D. Uh, I've just joined a new campaign uh, as a very nice little tiefling. A very nice little tiefling. Uh, we're going to be doing Witcher 3 and indie games all through the week up until Friday, uh, which is going to be episode one of the cyberpunk roleplay game that I'm playing over on Potatoes channel. Um, also, by the end of the week, I'm hoping to have the studio ready so that maybe we can do some poll streams. Maybe. So oh, we're going to go from being inappropriately dressed and jumping up and down a pole to being inappropriately dressed and slaying monsters. So it's gonna be great! Uh, and then we come back to the weekend where I'm gonna be doing this, but all on my own, which is kind of scary. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna hazard a guess and say you're gonna have a guest of some style at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have some really nice guests. We'll do some nice chats and it'll be, there'll be less awkward segues, won't that? Uh, it's gonna I'm going to phone in. I'm going to phone in <laughs> and just go, well, considering E3 is an event about gaming, no. there's a thing about gaming on no. this channel. It's going to happen. No. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I'll be, be awake at 9am on, on a Saturday me, in LA. If you want to see me fine. flounder at doing podcasts, it's going to be it's gonna be me with two hand puppets. You're not wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> that's that's my week in a nutshell, and I hope that... that you know, people come out and support and, and do all the things for you guys. Uh, and as always, the Senshido channel not only does its own content, but it hosts up a whole bunch of awesome people. Because uh, we're a really neat community, actually. We're, we're all right, people. We're all right, people. When did that start? I, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's me trying to be nice and do the business, and Sam's just like, no. No, I'm a realist, no. okay? <laughs> I've just kept you guys around for for as long as I have, just through you know reciprocal abuse. That's, that's basically it. All right. <laughs> anyway. well, was... All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the silent, the oh. silent agreement. I love it's, it. Yeah, it's it's just a little yeah. ball of hay just rolled across my uh, monitor. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's, it's just agreement. I know. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Keep those balls of hay called tumbleweed, right? That's the mm. one. That's the one. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Uh, so much appreciated, so much appreciated. I'm going to pop some music on and we're going to head out for today. Thank you so much for joining. You guys have been crazy. Thank you so much for all of your input and all of the, all of the lovely mouth words and things. I'll see you guys next week. I won't. Ha 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 ha. Bye. I don't, I, I just, nah. Nah. When do I stop? <laughs> <laughs>